0: I I have not been more excited for an Apple event uh, in recent memory than next week's. I don't know about you, but I I am
1: excited because I feel like there's a lot we don't know. Yeah, I think so. And and it's, it's kind of funny because I think part of the excitement comes from where it's going to be. And part of the excitement comes from, um, what's going to be announced and what we don't know about what's going to be announced. I mean, we have a lot of, of, well, I won't say details. We have a lot of speculation and rumor on the new iPhone. Right. But there's, there's a lot of questions to be answered. It is
0: not, it's not a complete black box, but it's, but it's, I would say, I would venture to say it is as close to as little as we could know as possible, like just given the nature of the, what leaks out of the Asian supply chain and, and is outside Apple's control. I, I it, it would be very, I mean, there's a, I, the only thing I can think of the only, there's a few things we, we, we gleaned from that botched release of the home pod OS. Right. And that when they, you know, a month or so ago when they publicly released right. that version of uh, iOS and then you know, the, the Stephen Trouton Smith and, and his cohorts, you know, went through and found a bunch of resources. So there's a few things that were gleaned from that, that, that were within Apple's control, but otherwise we don't know much. I really don't. And like you said, even the venue is sort of a mystery. I mean, what's it like? I mean, there's blueprints, uh, there were blueprints published of what the theater looked like, but I mean, that doesn't really, and some leaked photos during construction, but
1: right. I don't know. It's the first event ever held there. It's kind of, kind of cool i'm i'm looking forward to it you know that even that part of it to get to i mean i i assume we'll be walking past uh uh, the ring i would have to get to that's
0: (laughs) uh, the funny part is that it's i don't even know where we're gonna park (laughs) right
1: i i know i I know i still had no idea
0: i don't know about you but i didn't even i I mean i haven't i got email with the invitation and and i've gotten uh a few emails setting up times for uh post-event briefings uh but uh, it's but even there it was like i'll you know we'll 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 give you more information on you know the details of how to get there later yeah (laughs) and it's friday (laughs) yeah Yeah, i know
1: i know i know and i'm i really am i'm looking forward to that whole aspect of it yeah it's going to be great.
0: Among the things that leaked, there was a, there,
1: who was it? There's
0: like the journals had a, wall street journals had a bunch of things recently, but, um, I think it was the wall street journal who like two weeks ago it was before I did the last episode with Jason Snell where they, they, they said that they, it was before the invitations went out and they had the date. They said it's going to be Tuesday, the 12th. Um, and they said and, and they think that or Apple plans to have it in the Steve Jobs theater, but who knows and it 's like uh two weeks before the event, <laughs> they know right? yeah, oh yeah, they know <laughs> that made it so curious, but I always I, I immediately my mind works at that meta level of journalism, and i 'm thinking like, who is this and it was just attributed to sources familiar with the situation or something you know that one of those vague. Standard anonymous attributions, but it's like I don't know. It, it it's just so interesting to me. Like behind the scenes, who it was that leaked the date? If if they didn't know the actual venue, or did they leak the date? It was just somebody who knew the date and the venue, but said we you know. But you you can't you can't even use the fact that it's going to be at the Steve Jobs Theater uh, anonymously. I don't know,
1: but it's just, you know they knew. Of course they knew. Yeah, I mean, you know, as much as we talk and as much speculation as there is out there, there's probably literally a handful of people at Apple, Tim Schiller, and a couple of others that know what's coming. Yeah, but they know the the the
0: event rollout though. They definitely you know there's a big team behind that. Like in the last few years where they had it at the Build. Not Bill James. Bill James is the baseball writer. Bill Graham uh, Civic Auditorium. Uh, I think it was the last two years in a row that September event was held there. They effectively both times built their own building in the building. I mean, it was like, but right. it was uh, almost stunning that it was a temporary structure. The seating, the uh, the two years ago when they had it all set up with the Apple TV stuff, with a bunch of you know like fake living rooms all of it was a temporary structure. Like that's not the sort of thing that you can do, you know, like, Oh, well, the, the, the theater is not really fully constructed. Let's call the bill Graham, uh, Center on f- <laughs> three days before the event and see if we can quick put up a, a building. You know what I mean? Like the amount of prep that Apple puts into the, these events is, is just stunning. It, it it's just one of those little things that's hard to convey. Uh, I know I, I mention it on the podcast whenever we talk about these events and I, I sometimes I write about it you know when I write my post event thoughts and you know first thoughts about the event or whatever but I don't know if I do justice to just how much effort Apple puts into the the pomp and
1: circumstance I don't know how else to describe it you know what I mean well and, and for anybody that hasn't been there I think what's important to know about these events is that Apple puts as much work into the event itself as it does with the products. Yes. I mean, you know, it's, it really is stunning to walk into an Apple event and see every little detail is taken care of. And for, for, for you and I and, and others, but for, for you and I, when we're done with the, uh, done with, um, the the event the keynote is over then we're we're in a, a nice very n- nice doesn't even describe it beautiful hands-on area uh where where we we uh you know get some time with the products and then we're whisked away to a uh, a waiting area where they have uh you know coffee and, and muffins or whatever and then into a briefing with Apple execs and it 's just every part of that just goes off so flawlessly, and i don 't know about you, but i 've been to other events where whether it 's a trade show or uh, you know an event like this for another company where it 's just mind blowing how bad it is yeah uh, i i i haven 't been to a lot for other companies, but
0: uh I was at at the for the original microsoft surface the the first batch which was when they had the, the dual strategy of uh, a Windows RT, which was all the new touch-based Metro interface running on an ARM tablet. And then they had the thicker, heavier tablet that ran the full version of Windows with the Metro interface. It was weird. Um, and that was in New York. And it was not bad. Uh, it definitely wasn't bad. but it, And they definitely spent a lot of money on it but it was nowhere near as uh, polished. And the flow from one segment to another, like from before the event to the event to where do you go after the event was totally haphazard. You know, it was sort of like every man for himself in those periods.
1: Well, you can spend a lot of money on things and still not get it right. It's it's the attention to detail that always seems to get right. And it's not just about... Um, about the event, but the like you said, the flow and then the products. Yep. I mean, that's... But, you know, that's good and bad for Apple, especially when it comes to product because now that's what we expect. And yep. and when something isn't right, then we, yep. we say, okay, well, you know, for any other company, that's probably good enough. I, I think my favorite example
0: of Apple going over the top for the hands-on area was... I, I think... Katie Cotton was still there. I'm pretty sure. Uh, It might have been the last year that she was there running the event. And they had it. It was, uh, I think it was an iPhone event. And they had it at the uh, Yerba Buena Theater, which is a nice little theater, but it doesn't seat a lot of people, I don't think. Um, No. uh, And then then there's a small hands-on area behind there, which is sort of, in a room where I don't even know what the normal purpose of that room is. It might just be like the lobby, yeah, I don't know. you know, it's like the lobby where people, you know, if there's like, a, if you go to a, a play or an opera or something and there's a, a intermission, like where people can go and I don't know, get a drink or a snack or mingle or whatever, but it's pretty small and and dark and Apple literally had a construction crew come in and cut out the back wall <laughs> to make it open air and get sunlight and I remember talking to, Kate. I know it was Katie, and Katie was still there, and, and she was effectively in charge of, when she was running PR, she was, it, one of her, like, un you know, not listed under her job title things, was she kind of oversaw events. Um, and I just remember saying to her, like, how much did that cost? And she goes, John, we're Apple. <laughs> It was like, I was like, all right, I guess, you know, but
1: it is just crazy.
0: Like they literally cut a hole in the wall. And then like after the event had a construction crew come in and put the wall back up.
1: (laughs) And that's the level that they'll go to.
0: Can you imagine like if, if you ran your Buena and like they, Apple calls up and like, Hey, we want to cut a hole in the wall. You'd be like, fuck you. And then it'd be like, how much would that cost? And they're like, well, uh, and then you throw a number, (laughs) you throw a number out and
1: Apple's like done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, but that's what they do. You know my favorite one? My if you remember, I think it was probably maybe 3 years ago at De Anza College. Yeah. They built an entire oh, yes. structure yes. outside yes. of De Anza, and it was the most beautiful structure you've ever seen. Now, from the outside, it was pure white. That was pure the one where, That but was it, the one where Apple Watch debuted, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes but inside right. <laughs> was absolutely stunning. I mean, I would have lived there. Right, it was. You know, it was it was st- that was my my favorite example of just how far Apple is willing to go. And you know, after <clears throat> I've been going to Apple events since 1999 and you know, we we've been through a lot from Macworld events which are you know they they weren't as nice to Apple's own events and how they built them out and and now you know they're building buildings right for one day one day so that's why I'm a little intrigued about the Steve Jobs theater because
0: now they have you know a permanent theater i mean yes this is obviously going to be where Probably every Apple event other than WWDC keynotes will take place for the rest of our careers. Really? I mean, so. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm a little intrigued. Like, if they put that much effort into the hands on area for temporary structures, how much effort did they put into the hands on area mm-hmm. <laughs> of the place where they're going to, they, they intend to have these events for 30 years? <laughs> I know. Like, I'm really kind of looking forward to that. Just architecturally, I'm really kind of intrigued to just. Geek out on the Steve Jobs Theater.
1: Well, it's it's. I would imagine that it's going to be like the old Roman amphitheaters, where Tim probably doesn't even need a microphone. Hmm. You know, where you you can talk and it's just going to resonate throughout the whole theater. I don't know, I, a thousand I, people. I, I bet the, I bet the sound and. The, uh, the, uh, AV yeah. that's going to be in there right, is like, just going to be spectacular, right? Like what kind of screen are they
0: going to put up there? If it's a permanent, if it, you know, if they can spend the money and make it permanent, it's going to be great.
1: Oh, it's going to be outstanding, but you know, it, it's funny. Do you think that all the pictures now for the two hours leading up to the big unveil, the big unveil is going to be the campus because we're all going to be right. walking through there. We're all going right. to be taking pictures and posting them. Twitter is just going to be a madhouse yeah. of everybody posting their pictures. Yeah. So there's going to be two big unveils or three really because we're going to be walking past the ring. I don't know about you, but I've never been there. Right. So I've driven. We're be driven posting those by. pictures. Just, yeah, I've driven by just from like the highway, whatever highway it is that that goes by. Two eighty. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to parachute him once, but, you know, they. they sh- <laughs> Johnny was there with a sniper rifle. So a thousand, a thousand seats is, I wonder,
0: there's no, I don't think that there's possibly going to be a thousand members of the media. I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of employees because that was sort of what they did at the Bill. I mean, not even sort of, it's exactly what they did at the Bill Graham uh, auditorium where the bottom section was media and invited guests. Uh, Right. And then the upper level was just Apple employees. So there were far more Apple employees than media and guests.
1: Yeah. But look at this. uh, Look at the the uh, Dienza College one. I think that one had two or two thousand or more. Yeah, maybe. And there were a ton of invited guests at yeah. that one. I remember a ton that one. of them. Yeah, yeah, you remember? Yeah, we were. I, I think you and I actually sat together during that one, and 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 there was just so many invited guests at that one. So I think that's probably what they'll do here. I don't envision a time when they'll ever. Uh, not fill the theater for an event. Of course, they're going to because yep. they live stream it, so you have to do that.
0: Well, I, and it does it creates a different vibe. Like, and I'll compare it directly to the ones that were held in Town Hall, where Town Hall, I love Town Hall. I mean, I think I counted the one time. I, I mean, there's was it a I don't know, like 100, 150 people tops. That sounds about right.
1: Uh, yeah, there's I think there's a couple hundred people that fit in Town Hall uh,
0: not certainly no more than 200, that 200 would be jam packed. And, and so for those events, they, it, it, and you could tell because like, you know, it it became, you know, we have a lot of friends in the same racket and sometimes, you know, for the town hall ones, we knew people who didn't get invited, you know, because it was, it, it, space was limited. Um, and so I don't think they wasted any seats for Apple employees, other than you know the the core Apple employees who were going to be there in the first few rows. Um, and you get a different vibe in that place, not just because it's smaller, but because without the Apple employees, there's less applause. Like the you know it, it, it in the events where there's um uh like at the De Anza College one or at the uh, Bill Graham Civic auditorium, the Apple employees at the applaud at the proper points go nuts and applause and the media, I mean, people in some people in the media p- clap, but, uh, it, it, you know, they're just more reserved. I mean, if only because, I mean, partly because it's sort of a decorum of, Hey, we're supposed to be, you know, observers here. We're not, you know, we're not rooting for a sports team here. We're covering this. And part of it is because people are typing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, you, you know, you and I do, um, um, our, our coverage pretty much the same. Now I stopped doing uh, live coverage of the events because they, they stream it live. Right. So there's, there's really not much point. So I bring my, my field notes notebook right. and, and a pen and, and I cover it like that. And it's funny, you know, I, I, Jason Snell said during, I think it was one of the events that he spoke at that the first person he ever saw do a, a live update from a, from an event was in like 2000 and it was me, <laughs> uh, from, a, an Apple keynote. We, we, we were doing live events then. And, and now it just, it doesn't make any sense. I would yeah. rather jot down my notes, uh, to be able to write some thoughts a bit later. Yeah. The same, same way I am.
0: I'm too, too slow of a thinker. I couldn't, and too slow of a typist. I've never really attempted to, to blog the whole thing live. I just can't. I, I really, I'm just, I don't know. No joke, I just can't type that fast, and what's the point? I mean, I'll fire off some tweets, but that's about it.
1: I I used to get uh, uh, Peter Cohen to do it, because yeah. he was so much faster than I was. And Peter could like literally keep up with what they were saying, and I, I just, okay, you I, win. I remember back in the day, I remember when
0: uh, just getting uh, networking was an issue, and that some of the places, like the publications, like, you're, like in Gadget or Uh, you know, uh, somebody with a a crew of people, um, like somebody was responsible for bringing in the portable hotspot, you know, like one of the... Remember those things they used to be able to get for... You'd pay like 50 bucks a month, and you'd get like a a 3G wireless hotspot, uh, and and it'd be hooked up to wires and and power, and it was like you'd have (laughs) to set a mess. And then remember the one when... (laughs) So one of my all time favorite keynote moments was when Steve Jobs interrupted the whole show because the Wi Fi wasn't <laughs> working. <laughs> right remember it was like a demo Uh, the demo demo went went south and then like five minutes later it was he had called somebody else up to do the next segment and he went backstage and obviously read somebody the riot act and said what the fuck is going on and they said look the problem is our our wi-fi for the demo doesn't work because there's i don't know it was like 150 (laughs) networks and jobs comes out and goes totally off script and says hey listen I just talked to my guys backstage, and they say there's 200 uh, wireless networks in here, and it's fucking up our demo. So I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> shut, them, shut them all off. We'll wait. And he goes, and if you see, if you see somebody next to you with one, you know, make them shut it off. Uh, and it, it was so, it was so, it just was so exciting to be there, because it's like, this is. Well, this, and
1: he stood there. Yeah. He stood there, and and, and just, out, we'll wait. Right. Yeah. Oh <laughs> right. my God, it was classic,
0: right? And he was just totally unafraid to go off the, you know, affable Steve. You know, the the I'm so I'm so happy to be here and so glad to share this with you, Steve. And went to I, I'm pissed off, Steve, and I'm gonna get what I want. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: was yeah. So, so fucking I, will, great. I will stand here and stare at you, five thousand people. And I felt nervous like you My palms got sweaty, and I didn't
0: have a network set up. I wasn't the part of the problem. Right? (laughs) I I'm, I'm literally there with a with a paper notebook and a pen.
1: And I felt you feel bad. like you should close you should cl- close up your notebook. Yeah, maybe I, I should just get up.
0: I'll... Maybe I should just get up and leave. I should leave.
1: <laughs> this is
0: terrible. You I feel terrible, me, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> Man, that was great. All right, let me just just before we get started on what we actually think we are going to see, let me uh let me interrupt the show here with a word from one of our good friends. It's our good friends at Warby Parker. Look, glasses should not cost as much as an iPhone. Uh, a lot of prescription glasses, you go out there and, and they really do, the, you know, five, $600. And then there's, you know, to get like the, the UV coating on the lenses or the anti-glare coating, it's another $100. Next thing you know, you're walking out, $700. Uh, Warby Parker's glasses start at 95 bucks. And that includes the prescription lenses and there's no upsell. On the coding or anything like that. No tricks, no gimmicks really just 95 bucks and you get a good pair of prescription glasses Uh, And you buy them online. You don't have to go to a store. You don't waste time now. How does that work? How do you how do you buy something as personal as a pair of glass? I mean really what's more personal than your glasses they go right on your face They're they're really directly affect what you look like. Well, here's the deal. They have a try-on program. You go to the website You pick up to five pairs that you think look good they send them to you with dummy lenses in for free. And then you've got all five glasses at home. Try them on, look in the mirror, ask ask the people you live with uh, which ones they like. And if you want to buy one or more, you buy them. Uh, if you don't want to buy any of them, you don't buy any of them. But then you just put those five back in a box that they give you with the label on it already. Send it right back to them. So you send the demos back to them and uh, like a week or so later, you get the glasses that you ordered. Um, and, and the demo thing, it's completely free. So if you get five glasses, try them on, you don't like any of them, you send them back. Uh, all you're out is the time it takes you to drop off the prepackaged pre-labeled thing with your UPS guy or whatever, whatever service they use. That's, that's how easy it is. Um, and and their glasses are just great. I'm wearing a pair right now. As I read this, uh, I've had these for years, probably since they first started sponsoring the show. Uh, so as long ago, if you're a long time listener and you're like, man, Warby Parker has been sponsoring this show for a long time. I've got a pair that I ordered from them, uh, when they first started spawn, you know, cause that's what we do. You know, it's like, I got a Casper mattress up there. I mean, we try this stuff. Um, I got the, my original pair of Warby Parkers are on right now that that's how long they last. It's really great. Um, they've got an app in the app store. You can use that to uh, facilitate the, uh, picking the glasses and stuff like that instead of using the website. Uh, what else? And, oh, here's the other thing. This is great. Absolutely great is, uh. Every pair of glasses that they sell, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need somewhere around the world. So that's fantastic. So you're not just buying yourself a great pair of eyeglasses. Warby Parker, in your name, will, will uh, send a pair of glasses to somebody in need. Imagine how bad that would be if you if you had vision and needed corrected lenses and lived somewhere and you couldn't afford to get them. That would be terrible. Uh, so they, they're helping to address that. So my thanks to Warby Parker. Go to Warby Parker dot com slash the talk show that they use the the in the code Warby Parker dot com slash the talk show. And uh, that'll be great. My thanks to Warby Parker.
1: You know what? Uh, they have a, a, a storefront. Yeah. in Palo Alto. Yeah. Um, I was gonna go in there because I need a new a new pair of glasses. I I don't know why, but I go through glasses like crazy. My my rims always mess up. So well, there you go. I don't sit on them or anything. We
0: we have a uh, a boutique here in uh, Center City Philadelphia as well. Just uh, not that easy walking distance for me. And I've actually uh, gone there to get a pair of glasses. Uh, So if you you know check check their site. Maybe you live near one too. It's funny though when you buy them from the the retail store it's literally you just it, they just have you know they have salespeople they just go to the website and it it's literally the same ordering process it still goes through the website and they ship them right to your house oh i didn't know that yeah it's just a huh. it's just an easier way you know the retail the whole retail angle on it is just so that you can try on as many glasses as you like right there in in person how about that pretty neat uh all right, let's talk about next week's event. What do we expect? So what do we know? We know, well, or we think we know that there's going to be three new iPhones, an updated right. 4.7, you know. I don't think they're going to call it the 7S, but something equivalent to what you would think the iPhone 7S is, something, a 5.5-inch, 5. 5 which would be equivalent to the 7S Plus, um, using the same type of screen, same size screens as the 7 and 7 Plus today. And a new, a new iPhone at a higher end, higher price point, and you know, whatever, uh, codename D22 with the OLED screen that goes edge to edge and has a notch at the top for the camera sensors and stuff like that. Um, we know that. We don't know what they're going to call any of these phones, right? <laughs> we don't know what they're going to cost. We don't know when they're going to ship. <laughs>
1: like i said there's a lot to uh to be worked out still so i mean just sticking to iphone and i think you know we can
0: get to apple tv and apple watch and and homepod and other things that might come up in this event later but uh just sticking to iphone man we don't know a lot and and so everybody's focused on the oled screen in the new high-end one and that certainly is going to be different and, and interesting um But nothing else about that device has leaked, to my knowledge, really, other than than this story that, you know, that it it supposedly doesn't have Touch ID, you know, either through deliberate design choice or because they couldn't figure out how to. And there's a Wall Street Journal story from, like, two days ago that I will put in the show notes that uh, suggests, according to their sources, that Apple tried and at some point this summer gave up on getting a Touch ID sensor integrated into the screen and so doesn't have it. Um but we don't know anything about the camera. We don't know if it's going to be, is it going to be like use it a uh, faster chips than the seven S and seven S plus, which I'll just use those names. You know, I, I really don't think they're going to call it that, but just
1: as a shorthand, um, the, the well, the big thing I think uh, coming for this one, besides the obvious design change and and edge to edge screen, will be the the biometrics. You know, the face right. recognition. Right, that's going to be the big thing for me. And and we've talked about all of this before about. You know, whether it will work in all circumstances, like, um, uh, you know, Touch ID does, because I've become so used to using Touch ID for payments, for, you know, just uh, looking at my my phone and, you know, you just kind of put your thumb on it and it unlocks and everything is so quick. And that's what we expect from uh, this facial recognition too. But you have to think that if Apple is releasing it, it works really well. Right. But, but you know, we're, we're going to try it in so many different situations. I mean, I love going to concerts. And when I go to concerts, I love to take pictures. Right. So if if I pull out my phone and there's flashing lights and everything at a concert, because let's face it, I'm, I'm not at a jazz concert most of the time. I'm at a metal show. So there's lights going and everything else. And it has to recognize me and unlock You know, in split seconds, the same way that my my finger would if it tells me that I have to use my code, well, that's a huge
0: step backward. That's that's it. It's it. This is to me, part of the excitement of the event is the the you know, how good is if it if it's true that it doesn't have touch ID. uh Or I guess even if these reports are wrong and they do have touch ID, but it's in the screen and therefore a different type of sensor, you know, how does it work as well as the existing touch ID sensors? Um, But if it doesn't have touch ID, how, how and how does this facial ID thing work? We don't even know. I mean, honestly, we don't. I mean, one thing that I think is almost certain and it seems backed up by reports about the sensors and stuff that it's not a camera. Like, and this is the thing for people, like, there's a lot of people who, when they see these stories, like either tweet at me or email me and they're like, I, I you know, they think Apple's jumped the shark. This is going to be a disaster. They don't want to be taking a selfie every time they unlock the phone. it There's no way that it works like that. And there's no way that it would require the light. I mean, it has to work, for example, when you wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning when it's still dark, right? You can't have a phone that you, you know, that you have to use a, a six-digit passcode just because you're in the dark? That's ridiculous. I mean, that, that would be absurd. But, you know, how reliable is it? Is it like, does it only work nine times out of 10? Because like nine times out of 10 sounds good. And if it was like a science project or a student project, you'd be like, wow, a facial recognition system that works nine times out of 10. That's great. But, in, it, it, but Touch ID works... Nine hundred ninety-nine times out of a thousand. I mean, like it's it's really, re- I mean, it's really rare when Touch ID doesn't work, and it's almost for me. It's almost. I mean, I. I know that there are people who, for whatever reason, their skin is different or their fingerprints are, I don't know, too thin or something. I know that there are some people who touch ID doesn't work great for, but for me it always works. And the only times it doesn't is if like, and I know exactly why, like my hands are soaking wet. If my hands are, it's raining and my hands are soaking wet, it doesn't work. Well, I know I just dry my thumb and then it'll work. And then it does like the facial. If they replace touch ID with a facial, ID. It has to be as reliable or better every in every way, as fast, as secure, as trustworthy, as reliable. And nine times out of 10 isn't good enough. If one time out of 10, when you try to unlock your phone, it doesn't unlock that sucks. It'll make you, it'll make you furious because we're used to, we're already
1: used to it working, you know, as well as touch ID. And this is, this is what makes these type of events so difficult for apple because they know all this you know they know that if this new facial recognition screws up and they don't have touch id in there then you know they're going to get hammered and they will i mean there's there's already people that are just waiting to write that story that you know it failed right Uh, The same way that they did when Touch ID came out. Oh, well, you can cut off somebody's thumb and, you know, have their their fingerprint. So, you know, that stuff is coming. But I I'm pretty confident that it's going to work. I'm hopeful and confident. I saw a video.
0: I saw a video just like the Samsung Galaxy Note. 8 just shipped not the galaxy 8 or s8 which shipped six months ago but the note 8 shipped and it has a facial id for unlocking but it does seem was to it be. on fire no but it's it is camera based and so i saw a demo like somebody was in the hands-on area from the event took us took a selfie on their phone and showed the selfie to the s8 after having set up the facial id and it unlocked <laughs> like so so it was just pointing at the picture of himself on the other phone and and that Samsung does make it clear from what I've been able to tell that they when they unlock with the facial ID it's they tell you it's not as secure and I, it you can't use it for things like payments you know like it will unlock your phone and then you can you know go and launch apps and stuff like that but it won't let you do things that require the equivalent of a you know a, a, a administrator ID you know how like sometimes you have to even the iPhone will make you put your passcode in like to uh, install a software update or something like that. Uh, or like when you uh, up when you upgrade to the switch to the betas, when you install the, uh, there's like a, to, to the way they do the iOS betas now is you install a, a certificate and then that, you know, put your iPhone on, you know, looking for the software updates for, from the beta server instead of the, the release server. Um, you know, stuff like that, they don't let it do it. Um, but still, I, if Apple's works like that, that's that's embarrassing, really. And I think they're going to get called out on it. And I think the reason it seems a little exciting, there's a part of me that wants to say Apple wouldn't do this unless they knew that the facial ID was going to be good enough. Uh, but there's a part of me that wants to argue the counter way, that I can see how they could have backed themselves into a corner where maybe they had to, felt, or at least they felt like they had to ship it even with... A a not quite as good as touch ID, facial ID sensor, meaning like they really thought they were going to pull it off and get touch ID under the screen. And it got really late in the game, like early this summer and they concluded they couldn't and they had to pull it, but they also felt like we can't go another year without a edge to edge OLED screen. You know, that, that we, our phones look dated compared to the highest end phones from Samsung and LG because everybody else has these screens with no forehead, no chin or or minimal forehead and chin. Um, and we, so we need to forge ahead touch ID be damned. I could see how they, you know, maybe felt like they got backed into a corner and I could see how like at, at when they made that decision, you know, at that the Monday morning executive meeting that there were probably people if that's if if that's the case. I could hypothetically see how that was a contentious argument and there'd be people on both sides, you know, one side arguing we need to scrap this and wait another year or release it 6 months later, do whatever it takes to get it good enough. Uh, you know, and other side saying we can't launch in September without
1: this phone. So do you think that this was the same type of pressure they felt to build a bigger phone? I don't think it's quite as big a deal as that. Cause I feel like the bigger phone,
0: the bigger phones thing turned out to be a mass market phenomenon, right? Like just normal people, non, non phone enthusiasts. Uh, and here's how I would describe a normal, a normal phone consumer. I just saw a poll, uh, The other day, I got an email from uh, 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 SurveyMonkey with a poll that they had conducted recently about people's phone expectations. How many, what percentage of a thousand people are excited about the new iPhone? What percent think they're going to buy it or whatever? And one of the questions they asked is, how often do you replace your phone? and the, the most popular answer with like, and it, you know, I don't know, there's some people said every year, some people said every two years, some people said three or more years, but the most popular answer was I replace. I only replace my phone when my old one breaks. It was like 38%. That's what I would call a normal person. I, I that's how most people I know in my family, you know, it, why? Well, the, you know, they end up replacing it every three, four, five years anyway, cause that's how long it takes to, for phones to break. But they, they just don't, if their phone works perfectly, they're not even thinking about getting a new phone. I mean, that's how I am with cars, for example.
1: But, you know, when 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 you and I look at, and I-, I,
0: I, I, I ca- and Before we get off that, I just, I think that there were normal people like that type of people who wanted big 5.5 inch phones. They just, they just uh, that, that seems great to me. So I don't think that's true for this edge to edge trend. I think that it's people like us who are really enthusiasts, who really think about the de- every single little design detail of the phones who are into the, you know, minimization of the chin and forehead.
1: I I caution people all the time and the people that are in the industry, uh, that you can't think about these types of things only the way that we do. You have to think about this the way that a consumer does and a consumer, excuse me, doesn't care as much as typically doesn't care as much as you and I may about an iPhone the same way that if you and I were doing TV blogs would we care um, as much about iPhones probably not I could care less about TVs if I need a new TV I'm going to go down to you know Best Buy or whatever it is and I'm going to buy a new TV and i'm going to buy whatever i can afford to get and you know the best one that i can get and i'm going to be happy with that <laughs> i i i'm in between i would
0: if when i i, I haven't bought a new tv in um oh, man maybe like 10 years uh i've got a, a but it's a but i love my tv it's a pioneer plasma and I just love it to death. It's it's just one of my favorite things I've ever purchased in my life because I just love the picture quality, but I researched the hell out of it when I needed to get it 10 years ago. Uh, and I knew exactly out of all the TVs in the market, I'd narrowed it down. I know exactly. I want this model from pioneer at this size Uh and, you know, it was like three times, at least three times more expensive than like the, just the typical, whatever size. I think it's like 55 inches. Uh, but once I got it and, and I'm, you know, we're, we're not like a, a big, uh, put a TV in every room family. Like I've, I've never had a TV in my bedroom. I, I just, I don't watch TV in bed. Um, so we just have one main TV. Jonas has a second TV that he has hooked up for video games, but, um, I wanted to research the hell out of it and get a really good TV. And then I just tuned out of the entire, I I haven't looked, I haven't shopped for a
1: TV. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea what's out there. (laughs) I I, I mean, things like TVs, um, refrigerators, uh, you know, all the, I I don't, I don't, I don't go to, um, you know, refrigerator blogs and, and look for, Um, you know, what's coming out in a month? Should I wait a month to buy this fridge or should, you know, it it just, and I think for the majority of consumers, that's how they feel about an iPhone. That's why Apple will continue to sell iPhones up until the time the new ones come out because people, their, their phone breaks and they go. Let's play. What if, what if early this summer, Apple
0: had figured out we there's no way that we can integrate a touch ID under the screen. Like we thought we could in time to launch it September. What if they had instead uh, of what they've seemingly done? What if they had said, okay, so that that phone we're going to have to punt and either push it back six months and do like a off cycle thing. Like when they shipped the iPhone SE or punted a full year to next September. Uh, and this event comes Monday or Tuesday and Everybody in the press is still thinking, you know, I, I guess if they had done that, they would have, it would have leaked that Apple isn't shipping that phone, right? It's like they would have set the expectation. They wouldn't let everybody file into the room thinking there's going to be an iPhone Pro and those other two phones. They'd, they'd somehow set that expectation before the event.
1: But like, I think they'd have
0: to. Right? But when that, when that leaked, when the leak comes out, like a Wall Street Journal story in mid July comes out that says Apple, unlike the rumors that have been to date, they're actually only only going to ship two new iPhones in September updates to the 4.7 inch and 5.5 inch LCD iPhones sevens, you know, uh, when that came out, I, they would have taken a huge hit, but it would have been a huge hit to me in, I think in, in our crowd, you know, the, the, tech enthusiast crowd would have excoriated them for this. It might've hurt the stock price because business, it, you know, investor types are sort of, they don't really geek out in the details, but they certainly geek out on the idea of like a $1,200 iPhone that they think might sell well. Um, but I don't think it would have really, I don't think it would have really registered in the, among normal people. I, and I know that there's a lot of people who disagree. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who think that there's enough, people out there who really are, um, uh, it, it, I mean, it's the whole argument of how much does the iPhone seven resemble the two year older than the iPhone seven, the six, right? That the six, the six S and the seven became three generations that mostly, and, and certainly when you put them in a case, look the same. Um, uh, you know, and there are differences, you know, it really the iPhone seven is not like a, the same exact design. You can't put it in the same case. The cameras are very different. You know, there's a different cutout. There is no cutout for the volume buttons like there was on the 6 and Success. But those differences are subtle. And there's a lot, I, I know there's a lot of people who think that that's hurt Apple sales that they think, you know, in, in the world. I, I really just don't think it's true. I mean, I think it's a measurable number of people who want something that looks excitingly new. But I just, and I think that the strength of the iPhone 7 sales really backs that up. The 6 sold extremely well, and everybody knew it was because there was pent up demand for a big, iPhone the 6s the plus actually disappointed you know i mean the apples came out on conference calls and even said that the the 6s plus sold less than they thought it would and then last year the 7 plus was backordered for weeks and they came out and said yeah it was way stronger demand than we thought i, I think i think personally because of the camera because i think that you tell even just normal people this thing has two cameras and it helps you take amazing portrait photos people totally get that And everybody I know who's a normal person, their only camera these days is their phone. So a better phone. You say this is a much better camera on this phone that to them, it's like sold, you know, get me one of those. Um, And that's why I think the seven sold so surprisingly or, or at least better, more than Apple even expected last year. And I think that the fact that the seven sold so well it puts the lie to the fact that they, that the design has to change to keep people interested. I think it has to change to keep us interested, you know, meaning that the tech media, people who write about this every day. Uh, but, you know, our, our crowds has a, to me, to my mind, a very short uh, attention span.
1: Well, uh, you know, as uh, probably better than uh, the most the worst thing that you can do is change designs for the sake of change. Yes, I totally you know, you agree have, with that. You have something that that works, you go with it. I mean, you, you know, you, you don't go overboard, but look at car companies like Toyota. Toyota has a great brand. Their cars are known for working well for many, many years. And their designs basically stay the same for years on end. And then they'll do it as a change. Right. And those designs will stay the same. So getting back to your original question, you know, what would you write come Monday afternoon? The event is over and Apple does not release an edge to edge phone and they release an iPhone 7S plus and 7S. What, will you write that? What a disappointing event! I would, I would take, I would not, uh, and I would and I would, you know, uh, try to
0: do what I usually do and try to assess just how much better those two new phones are, uh, and take them for what they are. Uh, I would be curious if that happened next week. I would, my curiosity wouldn't be that Apple fucked up. I, it wouldn't be that you know this is a disaster. They've fallen, you know, they're they're doomed or whatever. But it would be curious to me that they didn't set the expectation in advance of the event that it wasn't going to happen so to me the more plausible to me the more plausible what if scenario would be what if that had already leaked about a month ago you know and in that case you know i'd be a little disappointed because i'm excited to see the new phone but i totally understand that this is that's what happens when you make a new product and you and that's what happens when you have you know your your foot all the way down on the gas pedal in terms of let's get the most advanced technology into this phone that we possibly can Let's be as aggressive as we can about shipping a, what we think is the next generation of technology you know that you're gonna if you're not running into production problems, you're not pressing hard enough no i I don't disagree at all. Steven Sanofsky even tweeted that the other day, the guy who used formerly at Microsoft um, and i th- you know now is a big iP- ipad proponent um, but he linked to that uh Wall Street Journal story about the production hitches in summer and said that's you know. You know, without knowing any details of this in particular, that's what product development is like. If you're being aggressive, like if you're not hitting production problems, you're not pressing hard enough. Yep,
1: and they'll overcome those. You know, it's it's not a, a, a insurmountable problem for them, but it's a problem right now. Well, and that's the 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 problem is that to,
0: to overcome them, it takes time, <laughs> and that's the one thing that people in the media don't want to grant Apple is time. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> uh, All right. Let me take another break here and we'll get back and talk more iPhone. But I want to thank our next sponsor. And this one's our good friends at Squarespace. You need a website. If you need a website, go to Squarespace. Go there first and try it and just see how easy it is to do everything from registering the domain name to picking the template, to modifying the template, to setting up different sections of the site with easy, just drag them in features like a store. Like you need to sell something. Like you can go to Squarespace and you don't have to like do all this e-commerce programming and stuff. No, you you just set up, you say, I want a store. And then you just enter the items you want to sell and the prices and the pictures of them and the descriptions. And there it is. You have a beautiful looking store. it's that easy. I mean, and you can do that for things like blogs. You can do it for podcasts, uh, anything you would need a website for. I swear you could do it at Squarespace. Uh, You even get a free domain name if you sign up for a year of service in advance, intuitive, easy to use, drag and drop visual tools to set it all up. You can get a free trial today at squarespace.com. And when you do decide to sign up, use the code talk show, no, the just plain old talk show, one word, and you will get 10% off your first purchase. So do that for a year, save 10% on the whole year. And you get a free domain, go to squarespace.com and remember that code talk show. When you do decide to pay my thanks to Squarespace for their continuing support of the talk show. Uh, so what do you think they're going to call the new iPhones? I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm betting that all three are coming, right? I mean, this seems like about as close to certain as possible.
1: So they could go with uh, the, the continuing on with what they've done, the uh, 7S and 7S Plus, and then do an uh, just the iPhone 8, which is the, the big edge to edge, you know, it's the beautiful one. Or they could make them all iPhone 8s and do an iPhone 8 Pro, right. premium edition, you know, one of those uh, names. But I... I I give it a
0: 50/50 chance either way. I don't think I don't I don't think there's any chance they're going to call those 7s and 7s plus because by all accounts they're coming in at the same price points as the existing 7 and 7 plus. They're not it's not like an iPhone 5c where yes, it's a new phone, but it's a new phone that we're targeting at like the mid-price tier. So if it's going to, if it's supposed to sell at the existing prices, I think it makes them look bad to call them sevens and call this other one eight. It's like, here's, it it makes it sound like it's, like they're a year behind. Like I think, and this is to me, to me the most intriguing part of the whole event next week is how are they going to product marketing wise position these three phones such that the first two look like the iPhones we would expect in any typical year, like the best phones on the market from the company with the best eye for design. And here's this new thing at a higher tier, right? Like, And I think calling them the first two 7S and calling the other one 8, it says the opposite. It says these two are year-old technology, even though they're coming out right now. It would make sense to me if, if the rumor were that the 7S and 7S Plus were going to be introduced at like $150 lower price than they currently sell. That would make sense to me if they were sort of like the new version of the iPhone 5C, but that by all accounts, that's not what they're doing. They're introducing two new phones that that are what we would expect from Apple on a typical year, which is, you know, and and in my opinion, I've said this many times, I think that dollar for dollar, the S models of all iPhones have been better than the non S models. The three GS, the three GS was way, maybe the it was one of the most biggest updates in iPhone history, even though it looked exactly like the iPhone 3G. it was The speed difference was tremendous. The iPhone 3G was barely an improvement over the original iPhone. The only, the only significant, I think it added GPS, I don't know. But the main thing was that it went from edge networking to 3G, which was, you know, obviously a nice improvement, but everything else, like the camera stayed the same, the CPU stayed the same, the graphics stayed the same, the screen stayed the same. The 3GS was a huge update over the 3G. The 4S was a huge update over the iPhone 4, right? The 5S was the one that introduced Touch ID. Uh, I, I just think that you know, the, the S models get under underestimated by reviewers just because they look the same. That they just look at it without even using it or testing it or measuring the speed or trying the camera or whatever. They're just like, well, it looks the same, meh.
1: Well, you know what we should do uh, right now to to just end all this is uh conference in schiller just let's <laughs> just conference in schiller and we'll ask him hey phil sure, sure he'd be <laughs> sure he'd be happy to talk to us. and i'm sure he's I'm sure he's not busy at all on the friday before, no i'm sure before i'm, I'm sure he's not he's not busy yeah, he's probably taking a nap
0: okay so you're going with um, I, I think it's either going to be iphone 8 iphone 8 plus and iphone 8 pro or right. they drop the numbers and just say, this is the new iPhone, this is the new iPhone Plus, and this is the brand new iPhone Pro, Like that, which is sort of what, which is not even sort of, that's exactly what they've done with the
1: iPad lineup. Yeah, and and you know what, to be honest, I would like that option the best. Because at some point, the numbers start to get
0: silly, right? It's like... Uh, you know, they could do. I don't think it would be uh, ridiculous for them. I, I, or I don't think it would be unusual or even the least bit surprising if the iPhone 8 thing is what turns out. iPhone 8, iPhone 8 Plus, iPhone 8 Pro. I could totally see them doing it. But at some point, you know, like what? You're going to have an iPhone 13, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, and at what point does that get weird?
0: At some point, they have to drop the numbers, I think. And so why not now when they're introducing this new Pro model? And I do think they're going to call it pro. I, I And I, I I could be wrong. I mean, this is the sort of thing that it, I think that they have kept under complete lock and key. And as you, you know, names and price, product names and prices are like the the things that are least likely to leak from Apple. Uh, in years past, there were sometimes like prices would leak because it would somehow like prematurely hit the 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 retail channel and somebody in an Apple store would, you know, get like an update and just some regular person working in an Apple store is like, Whoa, you know, here's here's these new product names and prices and then, you know, email it to, you know, nine uh, to five Mac or something. Um, uh, but that hasn't happened in years and they've just, you know, I mean, even the name, even going back 10 years, the original iPhone name did not leak, right? Remember there was all this, everybody speculated because at the time when Apple was just putting I in front of every name, iPhone was the rumored name for Apple's secret phone project. But remember when Steve <laughs> and Job, they didn't even own it. No, and everybody's like, they can't use it because Cisco owns it, or I think it was Cisco. And so it was actually a great moment in the keynote and, he, and when Jobs says, and we're going to call it, iPhone, and then the name iPhone. I remember it it was like the drop effect, and dust came up from the you know ground in keynote. And he goes, "Yeah, that's what we're calling it." (laughs) Like he knew, like he was addressing the whole, "Hey, they can't call it iPhone because Cisco owns a trademark on the name iPhone." And he was just like, "Fuck it, we're calling it iPhone." (laughs) Yeah. So names don't don't leak. So I but so I have absolutely zero inside. No no little birdies. No friends of a birdie. No. My cousin has a friend who's married to someone at Apple who told me that they're going to call it this. I have nothing. Nobody's told me a damn thing. I just think they're going to call it Pro because that's what they call the higher end models. That's what they call the MacBook Pro. It's what they call the
1: iPad Pro. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it just it makes sense. Makes sense. I also, now the only question is, will they drop the number?
0: Yeah, I, it's, that, those are my two guesses. and I, I, I don't know. I, I feel, that's what I feel 50-50 on. But I also feel like giving, if they call them all eight, or if they drop the number on all of them and just go iPhone, iPhone Plus, iPhone Pro, it, it elevates those two, the 4.7 and the 5.5 inch phones to be peers with this new phone as opposed to you know it's a way to position them such that they don't look unappealing even though they're not the highest end models
1: yes yeah i it, it's important i mean you you said it a, a few minutes ago perfectly they have to have tears but they can't make one seem inferior right. while having tears right and you know this is where Shiller comes in. Yeah. This is his expertise. It's, it really he is. He has it, to market this so that they somebody doesn't feel like, oh, look at that! Look at the iPhone. I have to get. I, you know, they have to say, okay. I think that this is the
0: this is one of the hardest things that Shiller and his team have had to do in Apple history. Yes, you know, it's it's both. It's two things too. It's the original message, which is what they say on stage in the keynote to set the, here's our version of the story of these products that we want to seed into the head of the public who's watching, you know, every, all the millions of people who watch these streams live and us, the media who are going to be writing about them, you know, to try to, to try to, you know, get us to, to see it the same way they, they want us to see it. Uh, and secondarily, which is totally different, is the ad campaigns for these products, is how do they come up with ad campaigns that, that accomplish the same thing, make the new regular iPhones seem desirable and new and much improved and desirable, and at the same time introduce this new pro model at a higher price that doesn't diminish demand for the, the, you know, the existing tiered prices, tiered models. It's a challenge. It really is. And I'm so interested to see how they do it. Like, is it going to be like a totally separate ad campaign for the pro as opposed to the regular iPhones? Or did they do one ad campaign that includes them all? I I, I totally,
1: I I don't know. I don't think that they can. I I think that, um, you know, this pro is going to be marketed completely different than what the other ones are. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I really do. It's going to be, I think that's where a lot of the focus is going to be because people are going to know about the updated models, but this new one, it's going to be brand new and shiny and it's going to be spectacular and they're going to market the hell out of that. There's, uh, there's also been a rumor and it, it seems like so much of the attention is on the
0: pro the D22 one, I mean, it, it not even seems like the attention really is on that model and, and the, the so-called 7S and 7S plus are almost like afterthoughts in all the rumors. And I think that's so curious and so indicative of how small minded the media is, how narrowly focused it can be, because I, I would guess that we're getting updates as good as the S updates we'd expect in a normal year you know, absolutely. W- which is typically, like I said, usually a bigger improvement than the other way around. Like it might be, I would expect that these two phones are better than the seven they're corresponding, you know, the seven and seven plus than the seven was from the success and the success plus.
1: I think I'm willing to, to bet that if there is a hands-on area at this event on Tuesday, that when we go in there, there will be nobody at the seven S yeah, and seven S Plus table, and everybody will be at the eight table.
0: I remember that. I remember the one event when the when they first came out with the, I think it's like the still the current form factor of the iPod Touch, the one that originally shipped with an optional uh, wrist lanyard. I don't think they've changed the industrial design since then, other than getting rid of the the thing for the wrist lanyard, the little pop out thing. Um, but I remember that event. The hands-on area, I came out and I was with a friend of the show, off-frequent guest, M.G. Siegler, uh, back when he was, I think I think he was writing for TechCrunch at the time. And it, it was like three or four deep around the iPhone. It was either the 4 or the 4S, I think. Or maybe it was, the, I do I think it was the iPhone 5. It was the first year of the iPhone 5. And the iPod touch table, (laughs) there was literally nobody there. So we just went there and it was so much more enjoyable because, okay, it wasn't the product I was most interested in, but it was a, you know, we had the room, we could completely examine it. We could talk to the people, you know, the Apple people who were there to answer our questions about it. And meanwhile, everybody at the other one, it was like, uh, it was like a fight over cabbage patch dolls in
1: 1985. Yeah. And that's what it's like at at every event. You know, at every, and it's not, there's nothing Apple can do. It's, it's us, you know, it's not, it's not them. And it's not, you know, we were talking earlier about their flow or any, it's got nothing to do with that. It's, it's just the way that, that well, one of the ways
0: that the, that the, you know, if we to scroll back down memory lane again and the way that, uh, I mean, I've, you've been going to events, like you said, since 1999. So you've got way more years under your belt than me. I think I started getting press passes to Macworld around, 2006 or so maybe 2005 but 2006 so like like when i got i got to press pass for the iphone one in january 2007 it was still one of the you know like 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 the third or fourth event that i'd gotten a press pass for um but just in the last 10 years one of the ways that's changed absolutely and it's just totally changed the flow of these events is the obsession with shooting video and photographs uh it just wasn't a thing back then. Cause band, I mean, c- certainly for video, there was just no way to to get video online, you know, remotely. It was just too big. Bandwidth was too slow. Cameras were too big. Uh, now it's, it's all video. It's video, 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 and product shots. And uh, the, the, I've said this before, but it really changes the dynamic of the hands-on area is that once somebody from these media outlets gets to, you know, now they can hold the new iPhone. They have, it's like a team and they have a, you know, here's the person who's going to hold it and here's the photographer. But to get the shot they want, they need space. You know, they don't just want to stick the camera right up there. They want to put a longer lens on, and it's it really does get ugly you know where they're because the, they if you know and if you're not really paying attention if you're just trying to walk around you you might walk you know there's enough space between a photographer and the reporter that you could easily inadvertently just walk in front of them cuz it's crowded and there's hundreds of people there uh and it really does change and then cuz it, it it means that they need so much space around them that it it's no longer packed tables it's people
1: and they're pushing people it's it's real ugly well, it's <clears throat> it is a weird situation, but you know, for I think for many of us that have been there for a long time, like you said, we're we're just kind of you know we're willing to hang out, but some of these guys that get in there these days are just like they're going <laughs> elbows up. I remember last you know? I remember last
0: year with the jet black iPhone. Uh, that's the one everybody wanted to get pictures of, but it's really hard to photograph. Like it, it's you know it, it yeah for obvious reasons. It's you know. Uh, like I had friends, uh, who had a, a, a black pug, you know, the dog just jet black hair with black eyes, adorable, adorable little dog. The hardest damn thing to take a photo of it.
2: it, it, There's just no
0: way to get the light right. Like your eyes can totally see this adorable pug face and these adorable eyes looking at you. And then your camera just sees a, like a black pillow. And so the people last year trying to set up shots of the jet black iPhone, they'd take the shot and then the photographer would, uh, chimp, you know, did you ever hear that verb chimping chimping is when you, uh, like have like a, uh, SLR, you take a picture and then you look at the screen to see if you got the shot, you know, and you up to your eyes, take a shot, look at the screen just over and over and over again, playing with the exposure and and trying to get it positioned in the light just so. And it's like, you're not in a photo studio here. You're in a, 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 a a working press room with with two hundred and fifty members of the media yeah. who all want the same phone, and meanwhile they, you know tilted a quarter of an inch this way, catch the light it was oh, it was maddening let me think what else what do you think the price is the price is going to start on the pro model Well, I mean, I think a thousand to twelve hundred i but- think i think nine ninety nine is their goal, and it's probably as yeah, a starting price so that a uh, tricked out plus. Of you know iPhone eight plus or whatever a 7s plus, whatever they're gonna call it, the 5.5 inch one, will I would think would have the same price as last year, $969 for the one with the most storage. And then if that's the existing and that's the existing high price, 969, then if the new one starts at 999, it seems like it's a continuous flow of prices from the whatever the you know, the lowest memory storage can fig of the iPhone 7 is up to but I would guess that they'd have at least two tiers you know maybe like 60 64 gigs and 256 or something like that um uh, you know with a $100 bump in between them or maybe $200 I don't know like I could totally see it going up to
1: $1200 yeah so could I but you know people have been talking about this you know the the price of this thing like it's it's going to collapse the market And, and it's not, but I think mentally we have a ceiling, you know, a thousand dollar price point, and then things start to, to ramp up again, you know, so anything under a thousand dollars, I think we're okay with, but once you say a thousand dollars, then you're thinking, Oh my God, thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. But nine ninety nine. dollars that's the people who are fun. upset
0: about it are the people who are enthusiasts and like the idea that they've always got, they can, they have the best, the best iPhone they could buy and who also don't want to or either can't or won't pay over $1,000 for an iPhone. So now they're torn because they always had the best iPhone they could, that money could buy and they can't buy the new best iPhone that money can buy or won't buy the new best iPhone that money can buy. And so those people are upset. I mean, there's, they're very, they've been vocal ever since rumors of this started hitting. And they certainly were vocal when I wrote about this, <laughs> what the prices might be earlier this summer. And I understand it. They're not wrong, right? If that's how you feel or if that's your budget. I mean, but I think that they take it too far when they say I've, I've also heard the argument that they, they either won't or shouldn't call it the iPhone Pro emphasis on pro because, you know, with MacBooks, and even iPads, that Pro makes sense because they're, they're tools people use for work, you know, and that somebody who buys a MacBook Pro instead of a MacBook Air or a regular MacBook is doing so because they have professional needs for work that require... I don't um, agree with that. I don't... I, A, don't agree with it on the MacBook Pro and the iPad Pro, especially the iPad Pro, although some people do use it as more of a yeah. professional tool. I also think that Apple, Apple has long used the word Pro to mean deluxe or you know, yes, better, more expensive, just. D-
1: and when, when you asked earlier what the names would be, those are, you know, uh, uh iPad right. edition because they've used that for the top of the line. So yeah, pro is just to Apple. Like you said, it's to me, it's, uh, uh, a, a, a yeah. deluxe model. And on secondarily
0: line. though, here's the other, the flip side of it. So I don't think, and the, and the ways they have used the word pro in product names, it doesn't always necessarily mean for professional use. Um, but on the flip side, I think that an iPhone for professional use is a, it, that's an actual thing. Like I, that's part of the ways that the world has changed since 10 years ago when the first iPhone came out is that there are an awful lot of people I know who their most used work computer is their phone, an awful lot of people. And, either all the time or some of the time, you know, like, and I've said this before, like, uh, you know, like Matthew Panzerino, who was the editor of TechCrunch and Nilay Patel at The Verge I've talked to, like the, both of them have said the same thing to me, that there are days where if they're traveling or something, uh, their entire communication with their editorial staff goes through their phone. It's it, the life and it's, you know, those are publications where there are stories coming out every hour throughout the day. And as the people who run the publication, you know, they need to be in charge, you know, they need to be in communication with their staff all day. Their phone is is the only you know, that's the number one device on some days for them as a professional tool. And what are the things that professionals need out of their phone. One of them is battery life. So like if this iPhone pro because it has an OLED screen and OLED takes less energy than LCD, uh, and it's, if it's because of the new shape, if they're able to put a bigger battery in there, you know, and if, if they can advertise that it has significantly better battery life, uh, or at least like as much battery life as the plus, but in a form factor that feels in your hand closer to a regular iPhone, that is a legitimate professional feature. Like your phone, your phone going dead before the day is done is, is a professional problem. It really is. So, and, and secondarily the camera, if the camera is better, that's a professional, that is a pro feature. There are people who use their phones to take pictures in a professional context. Like part of their job is taking pictures. I, I,
1: I don't even give that whole pro thing any thought at all. I just, I just don't. I just don't agree with it to the point where I don't even yep. think about it. You know, I, I just, I, I can use my phone for a computer if I want. I choose not to, but I can. You know, so uh, if they have something that's better uh, you know, better chips and better, uh, networking and better screen and all of this kind of stuff. I mean, the one big question that I have, and I, I tweeted maybe about a week ago, the only thing that I really want out of a new iPhone is to be able to read it in the yep. sun. You know, I, 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 will I be able to do that with this new screen? I don't know. No, I hope good, so. Future.
0: Um, you know, and it's funny the people who think that they can't call it pro is that The pre iPhone smartphone world, like when they used to call them smartphones and Blackberry was a thing, they were all professional, you know, the entire, uh, the, all the, you know, the advertising campaigns for all of those things were, you know, people in business suits, you know, and, and it was, you know, meant for people who work at like a big corporate with a quote enterprise, you know, IT division and stuff like that. So I, I, I just think it's silly to think they wouldn't, um, I also think this is one of those things that I wanted to touch on is among the things we don't know about this new phone is we don't really know anything about the camera. Like, and and the camera is a huge, it, it's probably the, it's it's the centerpiece of like the last two years of iPhone advertising is the shot with iPhone advertising campaign. It's literally like the number one thing that Apple uses to advertise phones now. Um, I would presume that the 7S and 7S Plus will get the sort of upgrades to their camera that we're used to them getting every year, which is significant. It's one of those things that you really can just take a year old iPhone and see the difference, you know? Um, But I would think that the iPhone pro is going to get an even better camera and we, and I think it may not be about the lens and sensor. I think it's about that, the depth sensor that it's rumored to have, you know, that it's that using an entirely different sensor for 3d depth perception combined with having two lenses and it could, and you know, through the magic of software could lead to a, a, a serious, like, Oh my God, that's amazing. I can't believe that came out of a phone photography. I don't That would be very exciting to me.
1: I agree. I agree. And anything that they can do to help with um, photography and video and you know, all of that is just going to help sales because that is a huge thing and the camera is one thing that's going to be huge for um uh, for consumers and pros yeah i think there's a reason i think there's you know it's just i think there's a reason why
0: that there's so much and for so long they've been using this shot with iphone advertising campaign um because i really i think it works with regular people um other names I've seen tossed about, and I don't think they will use them. There, some people have suggested they would call this the new the high-end, highfalutin phone, the iPhone edition. I, I don't think they would do I mean, obviously, they've used that name for Apple Watch twice. Um, but I think the way they've used it with Apple Watch, especially the first time with the gold ones, but even with the um, uh, ceramic one from last year, which is you know significantly lower in price and therefore far more approachable than the, the gold ones were um, – It, 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 the name edition. it says even, it's not just the judging the products for themselves at, at, you know, $20,000 digital watches, uh, but just the name edition. it, it was meant to be sort of, uh, like an asterisk almost in the, you know, like a footnote in the product line. This is something that is not going to sell in massive quantity. And I don't think that's going to be that that's not going to be the case with the iPhone at all you know, and it's, it it, it may not be the best-selling one. This may actually change the dynamics of the product mix. Um, but it's, it, it, you know, much like the iPad pro, I think it's, you know, and I think the iPad pro is certainly not the best-selling iPad. I think that the lower priced ones, I think, you know, right now, probably the best-selling iPad has got to be that, uh, just plain iPad, you know, the one that starts at like three seventy nine. Um, Uh, but but they certainly sell far more ipad pros than they sell apple watch editions like edition just is too it's too rarefied and i don't think that's what their intent with this phone is at all
1: no well they're this is uh not a a a rarefied iphone this is the future of the company right right here you know so they have to to position it as such you know yes it's going to be uh by all reports hard to get a hold of for for a little bit but this is the future this is the way the iPhone oh, is what going. about the
0: rumor that all three iPhones are going to have glass backs
1: I feel like that's I feel like that's
0: gotten remarkably little attention and and the idea is that they need to because they're all going to support um contact charging, whatever you want to call it. No, I hate that wireless charging, but, uh, you know, you know, but you put it on a little pad and it'll just charge on the pad and that you can't do that with an aluminum back. Uh, That to me would be, if that's true, and I feel like it's really been under rumored, especially on the, the lower two ones, then there's no way they're going to call them the 7S and the 7S plus because they only use the S when they literally look the same and obviously having a glass back would not look the same. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I and and that would be one of these features that like you said they would change the name yeah. for because here you go. This is significantly different because we've updated the camera and we've got a glass back so it does the contact charging and we've we've done all of these different things. Uh and you know, every year the S editions always get, you know, updated components inside. So they're, like you said before, they're always faster and they're better and everything else. So that is just another reason why calling them all iPhone 8s yeah. would make sense. Um, because here you're getting all of this technology as well, just in, you know, yeah. And if they all have this glass back, it would, it,
0: I can envision a, like, like a, some kind of photograph that shows all three from behind and makes them look like a family, you know, it it, from behind, they would look like they're all like, here's three amazing new iPhones, not just one amazing new iPhone and two other ones that you don't even care about. Right. And where I, Whereas from the front, you won't get that because you'll have two that have this traditional chin and forehead at the top and bottom and one that doesn't and has this cutout around the screen that makes it look, you know, gives it a different silhouette as like a, you know, what it looks like when the screen is on, you know, from the front, it's definitely going to look like there's one phone that's not like the others. But from the back, if if they all have a glass design, some kind of glass, you know. That would be interesting. I think that's interesting too, though, because uh, they had glass backs and then moved away from it. And then to go back to it would be interesting because that's not something Apple usually does. When they change materials, they usually just go in one order. You know, like they had the titanium G4 Power Book and it was amazing and sort of, in my opinion, is probably the most influential design Apple or, in a computer world has ever in you know pc world has ever had because even today's macbooks still to me seem like they're derived from that g4 titanium you know like i can there's like this you know progression i mean and it's obviously thicker and the keyboard was definitely way different but it, it was just sort of like that's the look of the modern apple Notebook compared to all the black plastic
1: ones that came before it, right? But but anyway, well, I think I think if they could have stayed with with aluminum or a different right. type of metal, they probably. Right. But would when they have. when they
0: switched from titanium to aluminum, they didn't go back to titanium three years later, right? There was a reason why they switched. It was like because the titanium was you know could flake off. It was I think it was like painted or something. Uh, You know, it didn't wear that well. And the the breakthrough with aluminum was when they got to the, the, they don't even talk about unibody anymore, but the fact that they could make these, their, their ability to drill out a solid block of aluminum in one continuous shape, you know, it was the breakthrough, uh, So it would be interesting to me that they would go back to glass. And I wonder if there's some part of this because, you know, that we're missing, that it's not just glass like the iPhone 4 and 4S were, that it's some other type of glass or, you know, that there's some other aspect to the story that we just, nobody even knows yet. Well, I'm sure that that will come up. Oh, I bet. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let me think. Anything else on the iPhone? Got the camera, got the glass back think it's going to have a headphone jack <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, did you see the story i gotta put it in the show notes i i, I don't know if you saw it I, in the shared note but there's there's a youtube video from a guy it's it's like a half hour video of how he made how he added a, a headphone jack to his iphone
1: 7 like literally i i wouldn't i wouldn't i don't want anything to do with that and then when he says oh the taptic engine is still in the way i was going no no
0: <laughs> No, <laughs> it's a fascinating video. I I, I really, I, I really enjoyed it because I, I just enjoy, I enjoy seeing somebody with an obsession and this obviously became his obsession, but I don't understand it at all. I mean, this guy spent f- four months doing this. He, he, I don't know if he lives in China full time, but he, uh. You know, he's obviously like an electronics enthusiast. And so it was interesting to me to get a peek at those markets in in Shenzhen where where you buy all this amazing stuff. Uh, Did you see the part? uh, It was like early on where he needed to buy a new USB microscope uh, because his old one was a piece of junk. And so he goes to the store and gets one and the, you know, and it's, it, it's not like buying it's like just in a brown box with no no labeling at all it's just like a brown box that he's buying a usb microsoft but a uh, microscope but the saleswoman asked if he'd like to you know her to set it up for him and he was like sure so she opened it up put the assembled the whole thing like it needed assembly she did the assembly for him then powered it on showed him how everything works and then packaged it back up, and he was on his way, like it 's a type of service you just don 't get that anymore I mean you yeah arguably you could get that, you get it sort of at the Apple stores, but like you know like when you go to Best Buy, they don 't like offer to put the stuff
1: together for you for free and test it and make sure it works. yeah, it was an incredible video, but it scared me more than anything else you know what's funny, and that I thought
0: the same thing where it 's a sign of my old age where i 'm thinking. Oh man, I, I you know, screwing around with the inside of your phone like that. Like basically I, I didn't finish it yet. So I'm not quite sure if he actually, if this is the technique he worked, but like 20 minutes in his strategy was to use one of Apple's lightning to USB or lightning to headphone jack adapters, put that in the phone itself and then wire the lightning end and solder it to the lightning connector on the back of the phone you know where the actual lightning connector was so in other words the you know the basic idea of how he added a headphone jack to his phone is he embedded the lightning to headphone jack inside the phone and then drilled a hole where you could plug the thing in um but he had like you said he had to like move things around on the logic board yeah it was just i was cringing well, my thought, my old man, caution, caution is is especially after last year's whole thing with the, the Galaxy Notes. Where it wasn't like people were hacking their Galaxy Notes; it's like right out of the factory, the things were catching fire. Yeah, and it's like it, it, there's a part of me that ever since that, in, I mean, every we all know lithium batteries can you know are danger can be dangerous, and that it's a very tricky part of all of you know our daily lives. You know that all these devices we have that have literally have dangerous batteries inside them. Um. Like screwing around with your phone like that seems like a a fire in your pants, ready to happen. Just waiting, (laughs) right? Where you know, so like it's it. It, it's all I'm, I'm like that In all ways of life Like when I was younger Like I was a teenager I used to ride a skateboard And you know So uh, you know Like I see kids on the street Doing tricks on their skateboard Or something like that uh, I used to think like Wow that was a cool trick That's pretty cool That looks cool And now I see it I think oh my god That kid's gonna kill himself
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know what, 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 When, like I when see a he kid,
0: I've seen I've seen kids Just go sailing Right through a red light On an intersection On a skateboard You know With uh, you know Just I guess Trusting their ears that they don't hear any cars coming and when i was younger i think man that's a badass move and now i think oh my god you're that's a death wish yeah (laughs) you're dead i wish there was a police officer here to pull you over and give you a stern lecture (laughs) (laughs) that's what i kept thinking about this guy with his phone it's like you have i feel like you've just made
1: like a, a bomb ready to go off yeah well and when when he started drilling into the casing i was going oh oh no no don't do that don't do that. But he did. It's and then, you know and more it, power to him if it, that's what he wants. It just seems so not worth it to me.
0: Like, like it's really it really is like the the no headphone jack. I know it, it there's it's trade offs. I'm not, you know, I've said this ever since last year. I'm not saying it's a complete win, but it's like a two steps forward, one step back type thing. There's more steps forward than steps back. And it's it's fine. It's just fine, even if you don't buy AirPods, but you should buy AirPods. It's just fine. Yeah, I agree.
1: Do you think we'll see any updates
0: to AirPods? I do not. I think it's too soon. I I, I, th- I know they were announced at last year's event, but they didn't ship until like just before Christmas. So even though they were announced a year ago, I feel like it it's not even a year old product yet. And and the fact that they're still behind, you know, a couple of weeks behind on the ones that we already have. I really don't think we'll see AirPods. I just think, you know, I think the best we can hope for is that they can catch up with demand.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think that they'll catch up before they'll release uh, anything new with that. The only thing I can
0: think of is maybe if they've identified some aspect of the production that this is why we're unable to make them fast enough. And if they could design, you know, do something internally to fix that, they would. But I almost feel like if they did that, it would be like a silent update. Like it would be the, you know, what are they gonna do, change the way they look? I, I doubt that, you know. It, it, no. So, I, I, I don't think so.
1: Well, what about uh, Apple Watch? That's a very good question.
0: Why don't we take a break here and thank, uh, thank our next sponsor, and then we'll talk about Apple Watch. And our next sponsor is Casper. The Casper mattress was designed by a team of 20 engineers perfected by a community of nearly half a million sleepers. It's just the truth that most people, you don't think that there's like science behind a mattress, but the people at Casper really do. They're not just like a a name that they buy white label mattresses and put a Casper sticker on them and ship them to you. Like they literally are a team full of mattress engineers. <laughs> It's, I love it, but uh, they, and they, you know, you don't think about your mattress, but they do, they think about every single aspect of it, uh, and it combines, what they have is one type of mattress, you don't have to make complicated decisions about, you know, do you want this foam, or do you want these springs, or do you want this or that, you just pick a size, and their mattress has just the right sink, just the right bounce, it's great, we have them here in the house, we love them, uh, and, and here's my thing, I I know people say this all the time. You spend one third of your life sleeping. I spend about half my life sleeping. I love to sleep. <laughs> why, why not? Of all the things that you can spend money on to improve your life, it, it, this is something that would prove it, it, literally eight, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine hours every single day. You can make your life better. If you have like, if you're like, got like an old crummy mattress right now and you're like, well, maybe I should replace it why not? Why wait? I mean, you're, you're, you know, we're all going to die eventually. How about you spend as much of that time with a great mattress that feels great every single night? Um, here's the thing you got to remember. I always say this, but they have a hundred night free trial, so you can't lose. So like the whole aspect that you don't get to try it in a scummy little mattress showroom before you try it, just go there, pick the size, they ship it to you and you get a hundred nights to sleep with it. And if you don't like it, yeah, they literally with no hassle no question will give you a full refund and come pick it up it's it's you can't lose with it it's if you look they've got over twenty thousand reviews uh, on amazon and google and their average score is 4.8 out of 5 it really is p- super popular uh, design developed and assembled right here in the usa so if you want to learn more go to casper.com slash the talk show casper.com the talk show slash the talk show. And with that code, the talk show, you can save 50 bucks towards any mattress. There's terms and conditions that apply. And I don't know what those terms and conditions are, but uh, it's, you know, effectively you get 50 bucks on any regular mattress. It's a great deal. So my thanks to Casper. All right. Apple watch. I think this is another one. Why aren't there more rumors about this? I think that there's going to be a brand new Apple watch. And I think it's, I've heard, I heard from one little birdie, uh, who does not work at Apple and uh, won't say anything else about how, how this person claims to have known this, but so it's, you know, let's, let's file this under, uh, sketchy and, uh, uh, not somebody who I would bet on somebody i never heard of before, but someone who just happened upon this information says that it looks, you know, you can tell anybody who knows what an Apple watch looks like can tell at a glance that the new one is different. I would guess they didn't say anything to me about exactly what that means, what way that it's different my guess would be that it looks basically like an Apple watch, but maybe it's like thinner. Cause I think that's the one way that Apple watch could definitely improve is by getting thinner.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you know, what we don't know about Apple watch is the sensors and everything that, that they're working on in there. And, you know, so there's, there's definitely a lot of room for, for Apple to move. Yeah. And the there watch. are there are rumors. The rumors that have been out are that they
0: are going to have um some models with cellular networking, independent cellular networking. So that right. uh uh and I can see and that's the sort of thing that you know exactly how that leaked. It leaked from the fucking carriers, right? It's yeah. it's you know, it's sort of like how when uh Apple's T V deals leak, you know, the in- <laughs> it's remember that story about Eddie Q going in to meet with HBO and yeah. they, they showed up with <laughs> jeans and like sandals or something
1: <laughs> and a and it's Hawaiian like, shirt or something yeah, yeah and
0: it's like well geez I wonder who leaked that story was <laughs> yeah. it Eddie Q or was it the people complaining about the way Eddie was dressed uh yeah pretty obvious who leaked that well you know that this Apple watch with with cellular networking leaked from the carriers um I, my guess is that's probably what that they're going to announce that I I you know it this is what Apple does is they make you know the first product is the hardest one to make. So, like the first Apple Watch, you know, w- was late, and uh, it was. It, remember when it first shipped? It was. Uh, uh, I mean, I think I think that they really wanted to ship it the the holiday quarter before it actually came out, and you know, it was eight months later than that when it actually started shipping. Uh, in the first few months, it was really hard to get. It was they were all sold out and back ordered because it's hard. The first product is hard, but then what? What does Apple do after that? Is they every year release a new version with a year's worth of you know subtle improve subtle or not so subtle improvements or additional sensors, additional networking. Uh, so I, I'd be a little surprised if there's not a new Apple Watch next week. I really would.
1: Now you know there's there's you look at the. Uh, navigation of the apple watch do you do you use your watch much uh in between it's one of
0: okay you know you know i i I do wear i wear it a lot when i'm when i know i'm gonna be working all day because i really
1: love the unlocking of the mac with the apple watch yeah me too but i hardly use that uh you know the circular type navigation with the icons it's never never but i i you know i'm i'm just never
0: there I think I, I think it's a design mistake. I don't think. Actually, they. Uh, they I kind don't know of, if it was a mistake. I do. I think it was a mistake. I think it's a bad. I think it's a bad UI. Uh, and I think I think that they. I think that's why there's the watchOS four has a new list view for for apps where you can change the view from that 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 round honeycomb to just a scrolling list. And I think that's a much better interface. Bigger bigger tap targets and a, just a list. You know, I never know where the hell my apps are on that honeycomb. It well, looks yeah, cool. That. It looks cool, and the animation is cool. But it's it, to me, it's it's just not usable. I mean, and not like it's unusable, but it's you know the usability is poor. I would say.
1: But from a design and uh, you know effects standpoint, it is a typical Apple type yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's atypical because it's so
0: it's too confusing. I think I, I don't know. But I think that the, switching I, to I, a list.
1: Just from design, not usability. Yeah. Leave okay. usability. Okay. It, but it, it, I'm saying when you scroll around, right, with it, it's cool. It's got that yeah. nice, uh, you know, magnifying effect, and that think, part is. is I is think good. the reason why they've gotten gotten away
0: with a poor design for that screen is that most people don't need it anyway you just don't need you don't need to launch apps on your phone i mean i don't yeah, i mean that's and true I th- and i think you know it's no secret i think apple was upfront about it especially with watch os3 last year that hey we've really narrowed down what this device is good for it's good for notifications and it's good for fitness tracking yep And they, you know, focus the OS on that. And I think that they will continue to, you know, whatever is new in the hardware will be focused on that. I mean, uh, there was a story, uh, who was it? Men's health had earlier this week where they got to go behind the scenes in Apple's secret fitness lab, uh, where they had had these freaky looking blue masks on the people exercising. They they said they cost like $4,000 each, but they like can measure like the exact like input and output of the oxygen and, and stuff like that that you're, you know, and I, I, I just don't think Apple would pitch a, a, an exclusive, Hey, we'll give you a behind the scenes look at the secret lab. Uh, I don't think that they would do that at the end of August or early September if they weren't doing it to sort of ramp up excitement of fitness tracking with Apple watch, because there's going to be a new Apple watch.
1: Now I haven't, I haven't installed the new uh, betas of watch OS, but I understand that there's some new types of uh, fitness tracking. In there. yeah. And somebody,
0: I, I forget where the, like one of the new iOS betas, somebody like, it was you know the spelunkers you know who can go through and and find stuff they found they found evidence
2: <laughs> but they did they found
0: evidence of like as yet unannounced exercises that you can do I mean that's exactly it's you know so part of that is the OS but I think that if they can either improve the sensors that already has or add additional sensors uh, it's exactly what I would expect from Apple I mean the one that, that that would be the huge one I don't think I don't think we'll get it this year but who knows but but the big one the you know is the, uh, the blood sugar monitoring. Yeah. Right. So that people with diabetes can, uh, it, it, it would just, be, it, I, it, it would just be the life changing aspect of that is almost indescribable. I mean, yeah. I'm lucky I, I don't, I don't have diabetes or nobody in my immediate family does, but everybody, it's a common enough disease that everybody knows somebody who has diabetes. Correct. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I know a couple of people who have kids with, you know, with diabetes and it's just, it, it's bad for everybody. It's not a good disease. It's, you know, it, it's a, bad, but it's, it's just like almost heartbreaking when somebody's kid has it. And every day, you know, they're pricking their finger. I mean, it's bad enough when you're an adult, but you know, try telling like a six-year-old kid that you got to, you know, prick your finger every day. So if you could change that and have non-invasive blood, mo- blood sugar monitoring, man, that would, that would almost steal the show really. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're getting that this year though. It just seems too, you know, too far. I don't, I don't, I'm too much of a pessimist to think that we'd be lucky enough to get that this year
1: yeah I, I i mean they have to be so careful with this stuff because people rely on it and it doesn't work you know you can't say that you have yeah. blood sugar monitoring and then uh you know it's, yeah. it works 50 yeah. percent of the time sort of yeah. you know yeah i wonder too if they would
0: if when they introduce that because of all of the regulatory stuff that they would have to go through to get it approved, I wonder if they would do something sort of like how, when they pre announced the watch itself that, you know, seven months, eight months before it actually shipped, they could do that because they weren't hurting their, there's some things that Apple can pre announce. Like if it's a new product that they already, they're not hurting the sales of their existing ones, they can do it like with the watch. I wonder if they could do something like, say we've got a, blood we've got a new sensor that can can monitor blood sugar, but it's right now it's you know it's not approved so it's not enabled in the o s but we're going to go you know you could buy it and we're going to work with the regulatory people and and enable this in the future once it meets all the stuff you know announce it first then get it approved and then you know ship a software update that turns right. it on yeah. i don't know i don't know if they would do that or not. I don't know if that's too much like promising, you know, because they can't guarantee when that's going to be available. Can you sell somebody? Can you have people buy the watch now on the assumption that it's going to get approved when you can't
1: really guarantee that it's going to get approved? What if it doesn't? So maybe not. I don't know how all that, that stuff would work. Magic stuff. I think they'll announce whatever they have <laughs> at 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 the show. Yeah. You know, at the event, yeah. it's just all going to be there. But how they turn it all on and everything. Mm. Well,
0: but I definitely would expect that there'll be you know maybe not blood sugar monitor, but new sensors, more accurate sensors. You know, there's all sorts of stuff they can do, and I think that they are laser focused on that fitness tracking and notifications angle. The notifications thing is certainly that would be a big part of why you would want to add cellular networking, right? Yep. And and the mystery to me is how are they going to sell that? You know, is it you know like with an iPad when you get cellular networking. You pay, you know, fifty bucks a month or whatever, you know, or twenty five for less, for less data or whatever. Uh, it, it's completely independent of your cell phone, right? It's it, you can have a different carrier. You can, you know, which is actually what I like to do. Is you know my phone's on Verizon. I like to have an iPad with AT and T cellular, so that when I'm in a hotel or something, if I want to you know tether, use it for tethering my Mac to get networking instead of using hotel Wi-Fi, I've got double the chances of getting a strong signal because I've got two networks. But anyway, it's a totally separate device, totally separate billing. I mean, you can add a device like in our Verizon family plan. We can add an iPad if we want and have it in the same bill, but you don't have to. Like how would it work with a watch like i i don't you know like nobody's gonna almost i think it's gonna is. be
1: the same thing
0: but i don't want i don't know though i kind of feel like you'd kind of want it somehow paired with your phone somehow because like wouldn't if you got like a text message to your phone wouldn't you want you wouldn't want to have a separate phone number for your
1: watch no no right? no. I'm, I'm saying it would be on the same type of network oh and, i see right yeah right Right. Yeah, so that I, 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 you you can go out and still get, you know receive a call, right. you know is that is that going to be oh part of it you know you have your your, your um, AirPods on and you're out for a walk and a call comes and you don't have your phone but you still have your watch, right? You well, know how much data will you be able to use? You know. And it's certainly, you
0: know, the watch has never had a lot of storage, and it's always been hard to get stuff to it. I mean, like I've tried using like uh, Marco Arment has gone into detail about it, but I think he pulled, he even pulled the feature from Overcast where it, it, he had he spent all this time on a version to to get it to play audio independently on the watch, so you could go away from the phone and still listen to your podcast. And it was so problematic in so many ways that he had to pull the feature. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hassle, but for like streaming audio and that's obviously what Apple's interested in with Apple music, you know, cellular networking is easily good enough to, so you don't have to worry about transferring and storing stuff on the watch. You could just go out, connect your AirPods and stream the music. Yeah. I mean, I probably, I don't think I would buy one. I don't think I wear a watch enough that I would want the cellular one, but it's, I could see why
1: some people would. I, I wear a watch every, I wear the watch every day. So, um, I, I would get, I, I would get, so I would, it's,
0: uh, you know, and again, it, it certainly plays right into the notifications thing. And if you, yes. you know, work in some kind of context where you can't take your phone out easily, uh being able to get your, notifications on your wrist would be fantastic
1: well i I, uh, my watch uh, allowed me to use my phone differently you know because because i get those notifications so while while we were uh, just talking there somebody texted you know i don't have to pick up my phone i just look at my watch and i saw who it was and said okay i don't need to worry about that right now so you know i'll I'll, yeah. I'll call I'll call Tim back, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's no problem.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I do think we will get I, I think we'll see new new watches. I, here's the big question I always get when I talk about new watch hardware is do I think that they will be strap compatible with existing Apple Watch straps? I have no idea. I don't know. The little birdie who told me that there's it, it's going to be some kind of visual, you know, form factor change to it. Uh, said nothing about it. I would hope so.
1: Uh, I would definitely hope so. I would hope so too, but that's kind of like having, uh, everything on a new iPhone lineup with the old case. Well, but I think on the watch, it's a little different. You know, if you really, if you'd really like take, I've looked at it and
0: thought about it and, and I think the things that might change, you know, like they could change like the, the bezel around, you know, have the display maybe go closer to edge to edge, you know, uh, they, they could do all sorts of stuff like that. And, it if you look at the where those those channels are for where you slide the bands in I, I could see the watch you know i could see a fair amount of flexibility in their ability to make a new a new looking watch that would still have the same channels for those uh straps and you know certainly people who've put a lot of money into their strap collection would want that and yeah, uh, I, I would, so i would think i would think if it's not strap compatible it's because it, 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 they've come up with something so much better that it was worth disappointing people for it
1: yeah and i i think that they'll do what they can to to make sure that it is strap compatible i mean like you said there's a lot that they they probably can change um you know thickness or or whatever it's going to be but it'll probably be the same size you know edge to edge i it's sort of like with the
0: connectors you know like where they the they, they got so much i mean i don't think it would be anywhere nearly as controversial if they if they do have a new or incompatible strap connector. It's not going to be as contentious as it was when Apple switched from the 30 pin to lightning. But I think the same sentiment is still there that Apple doesn't make changes like that lightly. It's not like every two years there's a new phone connector, you know, they realize that having your, you know, having that work with device after device, you know, year after year is a feature, you know? And so I think that if they can keep it strap compatible, they would. Because I, yeah. I think they also realize, like, this isn't the sort of thing where somebody who already has four straps, if they got the new watch, is going to immediately replace all four straps
1: and they're going to make money on it by selling additional straps. Well, I think and that, and people have accused Apple of that before, too. Oh, they just want to sell adapters. No, they don't. You know they they make those decisions for different reasons than to sell a, a ten dollar adapter or twenty dollar right. adapter. Right.
0: Well, I do think I agree with that, but I, that's why I think it was a mistake for Apple to price the thirty pin to Lightning adapter at whatever the cost was. It was like either nineteen or twenty nine dollars. I forget what it was, but whatever it was, it was too much. They should have sold them for like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, I agree I know, with that. I, I think part of it, I think the reason they did wasn't to make money, but because they just don't like selling things for less than $20, yeah. they re- you know, I, they really don't. I mean, yeah, it's um, true. uh, and that they even, and I think they realized that with the headphone jack thing last year where they even said like the, uh, that the, the, the lightning, the, the, the replacement lightning to traditional headphone jack dinguses, uh, they even said it's the, the least expensive thing they've ever sold in an Apple store well cuz they really it really really just had no interest in making <laughs> making money by selling
1: adapters. no no uh
0: all right let me take one last break here i got to thank our 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 last sponsor of the show and it's our good friends you know them it's fracture fracture is the photo decor company that's out to rescue your favorite images from the digital ether look all your pictures are like on instagram or facebook uh you know they're in your photo roll that's where most of you know they always are is in the photo roll on your on your phone um That's great. Digital photography is fantastic. It's the best way to share your pictures. Of course, I mean, you know, nobody's printing out photos on paper and then mailing them to relatives. You just text them the picture, right? But what about your best pictures? Get them printed and hang them up in your house. Because what better to put on the walls of your house than the pictures of your friends, family, and loved ones, or places that you've been? Uh, And Fracture makes it so easy, and their pictures are beautiful. It's like, it looks like art gallery prints. They are so good. It's a frameless design, and they print the photo directly on the glass. It's not like they print it on a piece of paper and then glue it to the glass. They've got some kind of custom crazy apparatus where they literally print directly on glass, completely edge to edge with absolutely no bezel around the side sides. And they ship them to you with everything you need to either hang them on the wall or prop them up on a, on a mantle or your desk or something like that. Uh, you don't need anything else. So it's not like you get your fracture printed and then you go buy a frame to hang it or something like that. It's all included. Every picture you get from them comes with what they call a 60 day happiness guarantee. So you get 60 days. If you're not happy with it, you get a full refund. And every single fracture is handmade in Gainesville, Florida, from U.S.-sourced materials in a carbon-neutral factory. So for more information and 10% off your first order, go to FractureMe.com podcast. Don't forget to mention the talk show in their one-question survey the one question is, where did you hear about Fractor? <laughs> so that's, that's where you let them know. And that's how you can help support this show. That's FractureMe.com slash podcast. Go get your pictures printed. Uh, all right. What else, do we, what else do we think might be happening in this event?
1: Well, there, there's not going to be any Macs. And there's not no. going to be any iPod or iPads. Um, no, nope. iPads are done for the year. Um, the only thing really left... And and to me, there's a bigger question than this than the piece of hardware. But the only thing really left is the Apple TV.
0: Well, there, there's there it, there could be some stuff with iOS, like things that we don't know yet about iOS 11, because it seems like they're going to switch the multitasking to go from the bottom. And you know how they got they they to much complaint it, 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 with starting with the first beta of iOS 11, they got rid of the thing where you could force touch on the left side of the screen to enter multitasking. Uh, which again I think is a change that they did not undertake lightly because there's I know a lot of people who use that feature. I, I never really got into that. I, I was always a I've always been a double click on the home button to Me too. multitask. Um but that seems like that could change. So I feel like there will be a a fair amount of iOS demo
1: time, you know, on stage. To be clear, uh at this event and at every September event, I always um uh, I, I think ios and mac os demos or news is a given because they'll be released shortly yeah so to me that's an iphone at this event is a given and i and os demos also a given
0: yep uh so yeah apple tv i think that we I, i i i will predict yes apple tv will have new hardware with 4k support uh hopefully oh my god please i I, you know how i said i don't clap i will clap for this one if it comes with a new remote
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you don't like the remote (laughs) no
0: i well i don't hate it as much as some people do but it's my most used remote i I, almost everything i watch on tv now is on apple tv i I almost and, and when i'm not uh uh, it's, if it, it, if I'm not watching Apple TV, it's TiVo and TiVo stuff is stuff I watch with Amy and she, she doesn't let me use the remote.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. I love Amy. She She thinks she, she thinks I'm way too slow on the trigger on commercials. Well, often, especially like if the commercial comes on and it's a good commercial, I'll just watch it because I, I don't really hate commercials, but she hates commercials. And so it's like if I've got the TiVo remote and we get five seconds into a commercial, she's like, give me that. <laughs> so I don't really use it. Uh, so I use the Apple TV remote almost all the time when I'm watching TV and it's it is not a great remote. It is it
1: is flawed in a couple of ways. So, do you have one of these services like Hulu Live or YouTube or Direct TV Now or whatever, where you uh, watch live just, TV on Apple TV? No, no, we've got real. No, we've just got
0: traditional cable. That's why we have a TiVo. Have you ever tried one of those? I almost did because when we moved uh, earlier in the year, uh, I d- almost did because we got. Uh, internet service working, but couldn't get dude, It's such a pain in the ass with a TiVo. You have to get these cable card things. Oh, these little, yeah. like, they look like an old, uh, those old cards you used to have to put in a. Remember those things you'd put in a power book to get other yeah. additional ports? <laughs> yeah. Like, what were they called?
1: <laughs> or they had one for wireless networking. Remember, yeah, it stuck yeah,
0: the yeah, yeah, That's how you got Wi-Fi. Is like, what were those called? This is why oh we need a chat room. God. Were they like? Were they called Nubus cards, or was that oh, I don't know. know. It was they were whatever huge, they were called, and they slipped yeah, halfway
1: into the computer.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> That's that's what you, a, a cable card is, and and it's a way, it's a thing that you get from Comcast or whoever your your cable provider is, so that they can uh, verify that you are who you say you are, and that you can't, you know, and, w- and once they're in, you can't take them out, and it's paired with a device, you know, so I can't take my cable card out of my TiVo and go to your house and watch Game of Thrones through the cable card, right? It's a way that you know some kind of anti piracy type. Thing. i don't but it's a huge pain in the ass and and the cable guy it was like the third or fourth time when they came to my house when they finally got one that was working uh, you know it, it, so we i was on the cusp but we had the internet working so i was on the cusp of signing up for something like that i was thinking about getting the sony one the uh PlayStation. Oh,
1: PlayStation. Yeah. I've heard good things about that one.
0: Yeah. And, and in Philadelphia, it's particularly good because it has, it seems like this is one of those things that varies from, from city to city, but in Philadelphia, it has all four major, uh, broadcast networks, you yeah. know, the local affiliates. So, but no, we don't have that. We just have, we got, we got our cable cards working. And so we use TiVo to watch TV. I have an interesting aside on that. Uh, I love TiVo and TiVo recently shipped a software update. It's probably the best software update they've ever had. They kind of refresh their UI still isn't a great looking UI, but it looks, it looks a lot less dated, uh, than it did. But the thing about TiVo is, uh, TiVo is it never lags. Never. There's never even a fraction of a second of lag on video. It is, it, it apple tv made this a lot better two years ago like when you fast forward around in a movie or something like that or skip to a scene but it's nothing like tivo tivo is like when you open a like a movie on your mac and you just stream the you know move the head around you know if, in QuickTime time player like it it's perfect and you can go frame by frame uh if you really want to see something in frame by frame slow motion uh the remote never has any lag at all for at least for video playback. Like when you're navigating the UI, it's not perfect. But when you're doing video playback, which is the main thing TiVo can do, uh, it's perfect. I know everybody, you know, I don't know how they're still in business, but because I know most people don't want to spend a couple hundred bucks on a, on a DVR when they can get one for free from their cable company. But it's, it's one of the most amazing products out there that people just don't most people have never even tried. But the main thing that it, 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 it sort of irritates me in the back of my head is that TiVo, I think I first got one in 2000. I remember I was, I saw it at Rich Siegel's house, the founder of Barebone Software. When I first started working there, he invited me and Amy over for dinner and we saw his TiVo. And as soon as we saw it and saw how it worked, we went out the next day and bought one because it was like, oh my... Like I'd heard of it. And I like, oh, you skip commercials and you can record shows or whatever. But then once you saw it, it was like, oh my God, I need that. But the thing is, is it, it, it's using a computer. Fundamentally, a TiVo is like a PC. It, it's using a computer to empower you the tv owner to do what you want with video like you want to fast forward commercials you fast forward commercials uh you don't want to you want to skip this commercial you skip the commercial uh like so it was using a computer to give me the person who owns this and is watching this more power over what i'm watching and the way the industry has gone in the intervening 17 years is we watch more and more video on computers, whether they're phones or Apple TVs or Roku's, you know, every, almost everything now is going through a computer at some point, right? But what, what we as a society have allowed to happen is we've allowed the computers to make the commercials unskippable, right? Like, it's, you know, you start watching Game of Thrones and you have to watch a 30 second spot for some other show. Or, or when you are on Hulu and you're watching shows on Hulu, like the commercials, you can't fast forward them. There's, there's, you know, they literally disable the fast forward button. Like we did that. Uh, like instead of TiVoing the Saturday Night Live, Saturn, in, in the summer, Saturday Night Live had the uh, the little thirty minute weekend updates a couple of times. Um, you know, the the fake news. Uh, and we for, didn't set the TiVo to record it. Like that's the, you know, it sounds antiquated because the way, you know, everything's on demand now. And the fact that you have to tell the TiVo in advance what to record, yeah, it, it is old fashioned. It's it certainly, you know, I, I realized that. Uh, but then once you have it, you you're in complete control and you, you, you can just skip the commercials and it's instantaneous and there's no penalty for it. There's no pause. Whereas when we watched the, the Saturday night live on Hulu, it, Every commercial break, there's, you know, it's full length, just like watching on regular TV commercials, and you can't skip them. Like, it's maddening to me Yeah, that we've allowed. That's awful. We've taken the power away from the user and just given it to the shitheads who are running Hulu. And it's worse. The commercials are worse on these digital services than on real TV. Cause on real TV, at least you don't see the same commercial twice. Whereas uh-huh. everywhere where I see commercials on digital TV, you get the same fucking two spots. Every, you know, every time there's a commercial break, you see the same two goddamn commercials. And it, it, it makes me crazy. And yeah, I'm not I- even an anti, a totally anti commercial person, but I'll tell you what, when I see the same stupid jingle for the third time in a half hour show, I'm, I'm want to throw my remote through the TV. Yeah. Don't do it with your Apple remote. So anyway, there's long, long aside there on, on praising TiVo. I do hope they change the remote. I, I, I really do. Well, what uh, would you do? I would make it asymmetrical so that you can easily tell which way it's pointed. And anything they do after that is great.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do think, I think they should somehow figure out a way. I, I, if, if they keep the touchpad, they should figure out a way to make it ignore Make it smarter about ignoring inadvertent touches. I don't know if that it means putting it like recessing it a little bit, so it isn't really edge to edge. I, I I don't know. I'm not the product designer. I'm a product evaluator, and the current the current remote is problematic fundamentally. The biggest problem to me is that it's symmetric, and so if you pick it up, you don't know which side it, it is. I've fixed that with mine by putting a a little band of gaff tape around the bottom part so that it feels different from the side. Uh, every home should have uh, at least two rolls of gaffer tape. Gaffer tape is the most amazing product in the world. Uh, uh, but you know, most people don't know about gaff tape. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it, you know, I might think it's like duct tape, but the whole point is that you know what it is because you're, you're a musician, but it, and it's like what, you know, gaffers used to like tape microphones down or lights or something like that. But it's the, what makes it, what, what makes it so great? It, it's this black stuff. It's sort of like a fabric and it's easily ripped by hand. So you don't need scissors and it rips straight because the fabric is sort of, you know, I don't know. They somehow make it so that it rips straight. Uh, it's sticky enough to hold things in place and it's unsticky enough that you can when you're done, you just take it off and it doesn't leave a residue behind. It's like the perfect amount of stickiness. Um, so anyway, I took a little narrow, like quarter-inch band of gaff tape, wrapped it around my Apple TV remote, so then I can feel along the sides, and I can tell which side's the front and back. But I feel like I shouldn't have to do that. That's ridiculous. A remote control should not be symmetric. Uh, and then the secondarily, I think they got to make the touchpad less, way less likely to be inadvertently triggered. Hmm. the big question I mean 4k seems like an obvious thing like it's they're actually behind the curve on that people well, real people
1: uh, are they really real I people mean, have
0: four k not 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 like this is late to the game but that it's if it comes out this year I would say it's perfectly on time for Apple if it comes out next year I would say they they've missed it by a year like this feels like the right time for Apple for Apple TV to support 4k is there a lot of 4k content though there's still not a lot no, but they but Apple can supply their own, right? And and there's rumors that, you know that they just upgrade all the iTunes TV shows and and movies that they can to 4K. I mean, and there's rumors uh, somebody was poking around iTunes or something and it seems like it's iTunes is getting ready for 4K
1: videos. See, that would be great. If they could release Apple never does anything and we we went through this with uh with NFC. Apple's not going to put NFC in a phone. Uh right. just so that they can check a box and say that they have it without a valid use for it. So right. if they're going to release a 4k Apple TV, I would have to assume that they've got some 4k content to go in there yeah and yeah, for them to release Planet of the Apps in 4k, not going to do it. They have to release you know uh, some quality shows and movies in 4k so that you can enjoy that. Yeah, switch it so that when you just, when you bought, you know, rent
0: a new Blockbuster movie, you get, a, if you've got the new Apple TV, you get it in 4K.
1: Right. Right. So yeah. the bigger question for me about Apple TV, if you remember when they did the, um, uh, when they announced the new Apple TV with this new remote, they said this is the future of television. And that was Apps. a. Bill- apps are the future of television yes right? that, that that was that bill graham right uh they said that apps was the big thing so uh, to me the the big question with apple tv is content i mean have we really seen a big difference i mean we have single sign-on and that for me that doesn't work completely yet because i have comcast uh but Apple is um, seems to be on a hiring spree. Widely rumored to
0: be, uh, you know, to have a, a billion dollar budget for original content. So it's an interesting question. Like, I feel like as a device, it's this is pretty easy to predict. It'll be a look, you know, at, there's no reason to change the way it looks. A nice little black puck is a fine design. Uh, add 4K support. Uh, hopefully improve the remote. Done. Right, the the hardware that that's it. I mean, they, they could do more, I guess, but that's really all they need to do. It's it's really the content is the is the question. And I almost feel like it's a confused product. Like I, I'm not even sure Apple knows exactly what to do with it because, it, it you know, like Amazon's TV thing is is meant to yes, you can get Netflix and there's apps for other things, but the main thing is that Amazon itself has their own original content, and you can buy their device and uh watch the amazon shows and you know like a Roku is a completely neutral device Rock u doesn't do any original content they just have apps for everything and you know developer APIs and people seem and and they keep the price very low it seems like you know that's that's sort of like a one of the few i can't, i can't think of it's very hard to think of a company like RockU that's having as much success as they are against you know these big companies like apple and amazon like it's a it's a tale of a little independent hardware company that's doing very well and part of why they're doing well is that they're sort of like switzerland right they're like completely neutral like they don't favor uh you know amazon over netflix it's all they're just completely neutral right so is apple tv supposed to be like that where everybody is equal it never really has been because even though apple doesn't have original content they've always sold and rented their own movies and tv shows you know not their t movies and tv shows but that's it it it's like you pay apple
1: and iTunes to rent you know, Wonder Woman. But Not I, I, th- go- I think that they become more equal in in recent years as you search for things and it brings up. Oh, do you want to watch that for free on Netflix, or would you like to buy it? So I, I think that the the equalization is starting to happen. All right, but what at what point if if Apple
0: makes this push into original content and that there are TV shows and or movies that are only available through iTunes or or Apple Music or whatever whatever way they would have it. You know, right now you get these their original content through Apple Music. Um at what point does that mean that that they're competing with Netflix as opposed to a partner with Netflix where Netflix gets a first class, you know, is 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 a first class experience on Apple TV? I I don't think that's that would be in question, would it? I mean, I don't think. I don't know though. You know, and and it's different, you know what I mean? As it, it it, what is the point of Apple TV? Is it to be the best TV experience for any and all TV or, or is it meant primarily to, for Apple's own content? I don't think it's necessarily in conflict. I think that there's a way that they can do this, but it, it, it to me, it's, it's a more confusing product right now than it was when it first came out Original, you know, back with in the old days. It was really just sort of like, this is a way to rent, rent TV shows and movies from iTunes.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't think any content that Apple gets into is going to affect its partnerships with Amazon or or Netflix or anything else. I think they're all going to be. I mean, Apple realizes that we want access to all of it. If we can't get access to all of it on an Apple TV, we'll go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I do think they get that because the holy grail is to be. I think I'm stealing a line from John Syracuse here, but you want to be HDMI one right you want to be the 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 device that gets plugged into the the first hdmi you know the one when you first turn your tv on you want it to be that's you don't have to switch the inputs to get to that device you know the the holy grail is to and and to keep you there for as much of your tv watching as possible so because switching once you have to switch it's it always is yeah this
1: sucks i agree so, so Apple has $1 billion to, to go towards content. Now, just for comparison, Netflix spends 5 to $6 billion in original content. So, you know, when you first look and when we first heard of Apple's $1 billion, con- uh, $1 billion content budget, you think, holy crap, that's a lot of money. But in actual fact... It's not, not in comparison to what uh, others are doing.
0: So, yeah. And, and the thing I read was, and it makes a lot of sense to me, was that when Netflix first got into original content, it was with like a billion dollar a year budget. And it was the same with Amazon. When Amazon first got into it, it was about, and it's not so much how much money do you have as a company, it's that practically speaking, it, you can't really spend more than a billion dollars when you're first getting into it, you know, and part of the reason that you can spend more in years down the road is that part of that money is going to the shows you've already got, right? It's, you know, like season two of stranger things is part of that five point six five to 6 billion that Netflix is spending. Whereas Apple's obviously would all be, you know, the first, first year of every series. I guess that's the point. It's not Apple TV itself, but this push into original content that sort of, to me, what is Apple's goal in this? Is it to be the best, provide the best experience for other, any and all content makers, or is it to present their own original content?
1: I I think it's both. I really do think it's both. I I don't think that Apple is going to Punish uh, other content makers because they have original content now. I, right. I think that they're going to put it all out there, and everybody's going to get an app, and you know, let the the user decide. But you know, when it comes to content, is Apple going to let? Um, are, are they going to make shows? That are great shows, like great, great shows like, uh, you know, Ray Donovan or or Breaking Bad or something with swearing yeah. or sex scenes or stuff like that. Or are they going to do all PG shows?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I've, I wrote about that, you know, because Disney, you know uh back in the 80s disney remember they had touchstone it was a wholly owned subsidiary i think they got rid of it i don't think they make movies anymore but it was like because disney wanted to make stuff that would they wouldn't put under the disney brand so they created touchstone which is really just a wholly owned subsidiary of disney and like you know like movie i think beverly hills cop for example was a touchstone movie um don't ask me how I remember that. I could be wrong. Maybe it was, might've been Paramount. I might've been Paramount. Anyway, but there were movies like, there were movies like Beverly Hills Cop that came out. And so here's a way Disney could have Eddie Murphy swearing, you know, and telling uh, off color jokes without selling their brand. I don't know how Apple could get away with that, but you know, I, I could see that they just do it, you know, just have a show and just put a rating, you know, put a rating in front of it and that's it. They, they certainly rent you right now. They'll rent you any and all major motion pictures through through i might be I, I, in other words i think i might be overthinking this if i if itunes will rent me you know r-rated movies why wouldn't apple's original content include r-rated you know tv shows
1: yeah i mean you can buy other- explicit songs uh you know on yeah and on, right. on, on right. itunes but
0: Right, they're just clear about labeling. Like, right, right, the Apple way isn't not to sell you explicit songs; it's to make sure you're aware that it's explicit. Yeah,
1: I hope that they do. Uh, I, I hope that they don't just do like PG type shows. Yeah. I hope that they go in and do some blockbuster shows. You know, with all these uh people from Sony that they're getting yeah.
0: well did you see the rumor- the rumor this week was that is that Apple is a serious bidder for the rights to uh James Bond franchise? <laughs> yes, what do you think about that uh, I, I somebody wrote I saw somebody on twitter who who seemed to uh, just a random retweet from somebody, but somebody who seems to know what they're talking about like that somebody who follows the the entertainment industry said that they think there's no chance that they would select Apple simply because apple. You know, they need a movie distributor and Apple has never distributed a movie. And so even if the money is good, the the people, you know, the Eon Productions, who owns James Bond, aren't going to want to go with an untested quantity for this. And it's Apple probably knows this and that they're they're bidding just to it's a signal to Hollywood that they're serious. I don't know, though. It seems to me like Apple isn't one to make token gestures. I think if they're bidding, if they're bidding, they're serious. And maybe they would just partner with an existing studio to get the, you know, to get their feet wet. Anyway, I think it would be fantastic and I can totally see it. I think they're exactly right. Like with the way, and I know some people roll their eyes at this, the so-called extended universes thing, you know, like with Marvel and uh, DC and star Wars, of course, now, you know, it's becoming this, you know, bigger, you know, something with, you know, TV shows and with, you know, multiple spinoffs and movies and stuff. I could totally see that working with James Bond. I think it would be fantastic.
1: Maybe I could be the next Bond. I could see that. Yeah. You have lost weight. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a handsome guy. There's, there's no denying that. I I will say this. I think a lot of people underestimate Apple's potential in,
0: I, 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 on a lot of podcasts I listen to, it seems to me like the consensus is basically Apple totally is inept and sucks at original content because uh, the first two examples we have, Planet of the Apps and the Carpool Karaoke, are not good. Uh, although I haven't watched the Carpool Karaoke yet, I did watch Planet of the Apps, and it uh, was it, it was I could had trouble getting through the first episode. Just boring, and and uh, I, I but I don't see any reason. It I think these just happen to be the first shows. I don't think it's indicative of anything you know uh, 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 of their big plans right like what was netflix's first show nobody even fucking remembers right i don't,
1: i don't know well, you know like uh, that's why i say apple's making a big push they're hiring these sony execs that are great at making uh, uh content and they're getting them in there and that's exactly what they need they don't need original content done by uh, jimmy Ivan. they need original content done by TV guys that have been in the business for a long time and know what the hell they're doing and they go out and make a breaking bad or something that's just going to go way over the top. And I have no doubt in the next uh, couple of years, Apple's going to have a big hit.
0: Yeah. Yeah and it's, you know, they, they suck at original content and only until they don't. And I don't think that the, I don't think that the existing shows are any indication of, of what it could or or what they intended to be. They just happen to be first. I think the more interesting thing is why, why are they doing this? Do they feel they have to, or is it just something they want to do? And I think, I think, I think they don't have to do it. I don't think there's any reason that they have to do this. I think they want to do it because, um, they that they want that services number to go up and it is going up and one way to get that services number up is get more and more people to subscribe uh you know to a $20 a month service i mean what does apple music cost is it $20 a month no $10 a, and, month? And $10 a month $10 a month uh you know uh, and a side question on that is well, right now their original content is part of Apple music as is, you know, you pay for Apple music. And if you do pay for Apple music, then you can watch their, their shows. W- will that stay the same? I mean, one reason, you know, or is there, are they going to have a separate Apple TV service? Like you could pay for Apple music and you pay $10 a month to get music. You pay $10 for Apple TV and you can watch Apple's TV and movies. I don't think so. I think
1: it makes a lot more
0: sense that it would be one subscription.
1: Yeah. They don't want to have too many subscriptions hanging around.
0: I think that they realize that it's it as hard it's so hard to get people to pay for one thing it it it, it just doesn't make sense to have them pay more yeah uh, or or to try to get them to pay for a separate thing. My question would be if they keep it under Apple Music, do they keep the name Apple Music? Yeah, it, it would be funny because it, it it would it would be exactly like iTunes, right? iTunes is the is a name that says oh this is about music because it says tunes. And over the years, it became, you know, this is how you, uh, this is how you, this is how you restore your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. right, like, like from, when did iTunes come out? Like 2001 or so? Yeah, you know, something it, like that, yeah or 2000 or 2001. It was right before the iPod came out in 2001. So I think iTunes came out like earlier that year. So let's say around 2001. So between 2001 and just 2007, it turned into what was once just a music playing app and then became the thing you use to activate your iPhone on AT&T. Yeah. It would be funny to see Apple Music follow the same path where it's called music. It seems like it's pretty obvious that that's about music. And all of a sudden you're using it to watch movies and game shows. Agreed. I agree. Anyway, do you think so? Do you think anyway, look, we spent all this time. We didn't say whether we think they're going to have anything to announce next week on that front. Are they going to have like. Yeah, they'll
1: have something, I think.
0: They did say they even said at WWDC, they pre-announced that they've worked out a deal with Amazon to get Amazon to have an app on Apple TV. Yes. Which has been a big sticking point of that. uh it's the biggest missing thing on Apple TV in terms of stuff that you can watch digitally that you can't watch on Apple TV. Amazon was the one that really stuck out. Yeah.
1: No, I I see. I put that in the category of uh, OS updates. So iOS, watch OS, TV OS, Mac OS. I think that there'll be a little something on on everything. Just a little update. Um, you know, especially if they have something coming OTVOS. OS. Now we have single sign on with Comcast and that all works now. And, you know, just quick, a quick mention. Yeah. It's not, you know, they're not going to spend 10 minutes on it, but quick mention. And then here's the update to Apple TV and boom, gone. Everybody's going to be waiting for iPhone news. That's, that's what yeah. we're there for. Yeah. Um, so, do you Do you think that they will
0: do you think they'll mention Amazon again?
1: I think they probably will, oh I think they will, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's an interesting treaty, yeah, you know that they've made peace. Did you see the news this week that Amazon is working with um Microsoft to get Alexa to speak to Cortana and Cortana to speak to Alexa? I thought that was interesting too, but it, it's like I wrote on during fireball like I, I, I this is not the right path i don't know i i like you know telling saying verbally saying alexa please open cortana and then let me speak to cortana and it, it's just not the way you're supposed to talk to these things like you're supposed to just talk naturally
1: yeah yeah i i agree i agree with you It just i don't know that some of so this we, stuff is just getting weird so we have got the uh, so the smart uh some
0: smart lights and uh you know and uh smart shades window shades um and right now they're hooked up to uh the Amazon things uh and we can talk about HomePod briefly in a in a moment um uh, so we've got the but the main so we also got little little remotes to make them go up and down but it's nice cuz we have a lot of shades and and then you can just hit a button and by p- pressing one button all the shades go up at the same time and, or they all go down. So you don't have to sit there. It is, it's a very nice, you know, it's a first world problem walking around the house and manually opening and closing shades. It is nice to have it be automated. Um, But to do it through, to do it through Alexa, you have to, you have to say, um, uh, I guess, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to trigger people's Alexas, but I'm sorry if I do, but you have to say like Alexa, turn on living room shades down because we have a, a scene defined that it, like you, you make these things called scenes and the scene says like for example like turn these three shades down or something like that you have to give it a name and so the name would be uh living room shades down and then you can make another one living room shades up Huh. or you could name it fuck you and say fuck Right? Like, and, and you can define a scene called fuck you, and fuck you means like you could say it has all the shades down because you don't want anybody looking in your house. And then you would, to, to trigger that scene, you'd say, Alexa, turn on fuck you. But it, 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 linguistically, it just sucks. Like, so yeah. you can't just say, Alexa, turn, turn my shades down right here, you know, which is what if you had a real living assistant, you could, you know, you could boss around, you would just say, hey, raise all the shades here and your assistant knows where you are because it, the, they're obviously within listening distance, and so they know what you mean. But th- these the linguistic things, this turn on name of scene is ridiculous. And I don't know which uh, aspects are limited by Amazon and which are limited by uh, Lutron, which is the name of the company we got the shades from, but you're not allowed to use the words on or off in the name of a scene either. You can use words like up and down, but like for lights, you can't name, say, like, turn on uh you know i just use the light switches
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god that's priceless yeah okay. I, I just use the light switches yeah yeah that's what i do too uh I, I i don't know
0: so i think that apple's onto something where there was an article this week about uh series voice quality improving and and Jaws was talking to David Pierce of Wired and and talking, arguing, you know, complaining about that same thing, that with the competing products from Amazon and, and from Google, you need to issue these precise command line, perfect word for exact same words in the right order. Uh, it's not conversational at all. Uh, so I think Apple has the right strategy with Siri of making it truly be like, understand what you're saying. But... I thought it was a weird article because it was really just bragging about the new and improved voice in iOS 11. And Siri does sound better. It sounds far more natural. It doesn't quite sound natural natural, but it sounds more natural, which is obviously an improvement. But I, I how many people, if you could choose between, I would like to have a better sounding Siri that works exactly the same, or I would like to have a Siri that sounds the same but works better. Like everybody I know just wants Siri to work better. Yeah, that's that's what I want. So I thought that was a weird article. I really thought it was a weird thing for Apple to be bragging about. I mean, it it is a nice thing that that the voices improved, but it's it to me that's like the last thing on the list. Like the old Siri voice was fine.
1: Yeah, just make it work. Make it understand yeah. what I what I want. That's all I want. It it's yeah. like the iPhone. You know, I just want to be able to read it in the sun. That's <laughs> that's it. That's it. All Keep right, Jim, everything anything else.
0: else you want to Anything else you want to talk about this week? I think we got it. Anything else you expect on the show? I think that's it no. for the for the event next week, right? It's
1: going to be iPhones,
0: iOS. Uh, do you think that, all right, I guess the last but not least is HomePod. Do you think there's going to be anything about HomePod?
1: I th- they might do an update because we're expecting it, you know, any time now. But I, I think that they'll do an update if they have something that else that they're willing to share. Because if you remember at WDC, uh, there's a lot that they wouldn't talk about, you know, like yeah. the Siri integration and all that. If they're willing to talk about that stuff, then they may uh, do a a segment on it during the keynote. If they're not ready to talk about that stuff yet, I don't think we'll see it. I thought the more I think about it after WWDC, I thought, I think it's very
0: clear in hindsight that uh, the way that they pre-announced HomePod. And again, there's a perfect example of a product Apple's willing to pre-announce because Anybody who hears the pitch for it and thinks, "Hmm, I might get that," they're only making a decision not to buy a competitor's product, right? It's it's not like it's hurting the sales of any existing Apple product. So they they pre announced it. The way they pre announced it to me seemed very strategic. That that they only told us about things that can't be copied. I, I guess what it looks like could be copied, but like in terms of like not letting uh, anybody touch the demo units and not really telling us so much about what, how it works. I almost feel like that's because they, they thought if we tell people how it works, we're worried our competitors are going to copy it. And we don't, you know, by, by holding it out until it actually ships is every month that the people, you know, features that might get copied are left behind. So that's my guess.
1: They could announce a ship date.
0: At, at the you know, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, it would be like an under promise and over deliver thing if it's you know surprise. It's ready to sell, or it's gonna we're gonna put it on you know, it's gonna go on sale the first week of October or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because I think every I think based on WWDC, it made it sound like it wasn't gonna ship till like December or something.
1: Exactly. So yeah, that that would be a great thing. But they're gonna try their best to get all of these things out in time for the holiday shopping season. Mm. That would be, an, you know, would be an
0: interesting angle would be if the new Apple TV integrates with the HomePod so that it would seamlessly let you use your HomePod as the speakers for your TV.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and as you know, having seen it, there are no optical or, or HDMI type things to put in nope. there. So it would have to go over the network and connect to that, which I'm sure Apple could do some way. Um, yeah. Well, think about AirPods, right? They yep. they <laughs> They like two things that communicate
0: over the air and have to be in perfect sync. Yeah, or else you would go insane, right? Like if if one AirPod was a sixteenth of a second behind <laughs> the other one, you'd you'd you'd, you'd throw them, you'd throw them in the gutter, right? I mean, you'd, you'd smash them. It would make you insane. So, in terms of being able to wirelessly sync, at least within, let's just say, you know a room yeah you know distance literally down to the smallest perceptible fraction of an inch to keep two things you know a stream of wireless audio in sync uh i would say airpods are existence proof that apple can do it i think that would be really cool it really would be and then and then it really makes the home pod seem like uh uh, it, it makes the appeal seem way, way higher to me because then it's the one audio device I have to put in my living room. I don't have to have a separate one for music. You know what I mean? Like that to me is the weird thing about the original HomePod pitch is that it is just for music and maybe podcasts. And it just seems weird to me. Like I could see like in your kitchen, maybe that makes sense because, you know, you don't, you don't even want you know you don't really watch TV in your kitchen you just listen to stuff right. but as a living room device it seems weird to me to have a really nice speaker that that only is used for music and then when you watch TV you have to have something else yeah so i would love i would love that i would love it if they announced that apple tv and homepod are work together we'll see and you know what's interesting about that too is it it would mean though that all the other stuff you do on your TV. Like if you have a TiVo or if you have a PlayStation or a DVD player would still need their own audio.
1: Right. So I and have if, a full it,
0: Sonos uh, system now. So, right. Exactly. Right. So that's, you know, you've already, I've put off. That's one reason I've put off getting a Sonos is, uh, just, it, I want to hear the whole home pod story before, before plunking the money down on that. Because if I can use the HomePod for more of it, that would be interesting. But it would be, like I said, like the holy grail is to have your TV-playing computer, your Apple TV or your RockU or your Amazon Fire TV or whatever, to be HDMI 1, the main thing. If if you get way better audio when you watch Apple TV than when you you watch anything else on your TV, that's going to make apple tv more likely to be like your main go-to thing like for example i I guess the canonical example of that would be which device do you use to watch netflix because netflix is the one where like everything has it right you're most modern a lot of tvs literally have it built in the tv itself has a has a netflix i always use apple tv right we can use i do that's what i use i use apple tv but we have a playstation that has netflix we have a uh our tivo can play netflix uh everything has netflix so which one do you use for netflix well if apple tv makes netflix sound better then it's more likely to be your your first device so that's my big prediction that's hdmi I, I just one just made this up that's my that's the i just came up with that uh, right here talking to you jim you inspired me but that's my prediction is a HomePod apple tv connection that and it only cool. works with the new apple tv not the old one yeah that would be cool i'd, I'd love that that would be a big. I would be a reason that I don't have a 4K TV, but that would be a reason why I would buy the new Apple TV, even though I don't have 4K TV. Yeah, I would buy it for the HomePod integration. All right, I, that about wraps it up for me. This is a good thing. I'm gonna. I'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah, it's always nice. to I always like that. Uh, all right, I'll talk to you then. Maybe we'll do a uh, Periscope together like we did last year.
1: Yeah, really, that'd be fun. Yeah.
0: All right, I will see you next week. Anything else? No, that's it. People. People can read your, your fine work at the, uh, at the loop. It's uh, loopinsight.com, a loop com, fine website. And then on uh, Twitter, you're, you're Jay Dalrymple, right? That's me.